I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Introduce yourself. You can, you can, you can say hi. Hello. Um, Stacy. This is Stacy. Um, to come in and come in. This is the first time we're meeting face to face, yeah, but, yeah. We, but we bullshit all the time online and this and that. We're uh, close uh, internet friends. Yes, we're close internet friends. I internet almost feel... friends with benefits. Right. Oh, no, speaking no, of which. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know about those. Yeah, I don't know about those things. No, no, either. he has a benefit, yeah. Ooh, oh, challenge, little dude. challenge coin for you there. Really? Dude, thank yeah, you so my, much. for my shop. Yeah. I, I got Sick. another thing for you, but I got to mail that, so I only travel with um, backpacks, so. Dude, was, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, no, thank you. I mean. That's um, fucking awesome. I don't know how I got turned on to your podcast, but I'm a huge fan of podcasts. Right. And I always felt like yours was kind of, um, we were talking about it before, kind of like a, just a, not alternative, but it was just like a different spin on it. It, was, it felt real. Yeah. Then kind of studio podcast where you're like, okay, I'm setting up to be interviewed. No, I don't and do none of that. Yeah, it's just it's the way you started. Like, hey, we're not, you know, whatever, like a big preamble. Just like, hey, yeah, what's up? It up? Well, the only thing I usually do with almost everybody is I do the same thing with you. Is there anything that you don't want to talk about? Right. And right. if there is, then we just won't go to that subject. You know, right. we just we just won't. And that's fine because it's a million things to talk about. Right. So because obviously I have people on in one way, shape, form, or fashion that I either dig their music or I find them interesting in some way or I'm friends with them. And there's several things that I find interesting <laughs> about you. And plus we have a mutual friend with, with Danny Boy and this whole Delta Bravo urban exploration thing. And I think that's how we got connected online. Right. I believe, something like that. Yeah, somewhere in that space. Somewhere in that space. So, yeah, I mean, there's people listening right now, and yes, there's, we, where are we? We're in some cafe here in the, right across the street from Grand Central, and yes, there's background noise, so. Yeah, the challenge was try to find a quiet space in Manhattan. So, in Midtown. Yeah, yeah, Midtown, yeah. On a Friday, on Black Friday at, <laughs> at, at you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, so this is a, a happy medium, I guess. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to really enunciate our words here. We do. We have to just talk. Yeah, enunciate. <laughs> we just shoot the shit. I try, to, I try to trim the Queen's accent a little bit when I do podcasts. Try to speak correctly. Oh, yeah? I don't know if it works or not. Nah, listen, you don't have to do anything correctly here. There's no right or wrong here. 
So, um, so you were born and born and raised in Bridgewood, Queens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when you do a podcast, you know, yourself. I just um, I'm a co-host on one. I just what is it? Asked, Plug it. Tell I just, people. Um, just did a couple episodes in. It's called the Armbar Podcast. The Armbar Podcast. Yes. All right. Um, it's with uh, two Marines. That, awesome. um, that I met through Gracie um, through Gracie Jiu-Jitsu University. So it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Really? And, uh, so it's yeah, Gracie University. We met, same thing, we, um, punk rock fans, hardcore fans, kind of same age. Yeah. And uh, I was helping them out um, with uh, getting getting guests and all that. And then um, their third, kind of like yours, you know, you start losing people in the podcast, you know, hosts and all that. So yeah. when they, one of their guys dropped off and they said, hey, you're here all the time, you helping us jump in. Yeah. And so, yeah, we focus on law enforcement issues, veteran issues, life, music. So, uh, you know, we had Billy Biohazard on. Shout out to Billy. Yes. Always a shout out to Brother Billy. Always a shout out to Billy. So Always been a huge Biohazard fan. We can get into that later yes. on if you want. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the interview you did with Danny was yeah. really good. Yeah. That was at a really diner. Good. We were just shooting the shit, eating French onion soup and like burgers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Very, um, uh, yeah. Great, great, great guys. Great band. Yeah, so now after doing podcasts, did one with Danny Boy and all that, when you listen back to them, you're like, oh, wow, do I really sound like that? It sounds like so, oh, you know, yeah. just really, really tough to listen to. When I I used to cringe at myself, man. Yes. Where, like, <laughs> now when I don't you, care. When you watch, like, an interview with someone, like, say, I don't know, like Pacino or whatever, since we were talking about the Irishman. Right. Like, hey, do you ever watch your own movies? Like, no, no. Like, right. I always thought it was, like, some kind of, like, pompous thing. Like, no, now it's I not, get it. Yeah. So it's one thing hearing yourself, but then when you see yourself, or, or like, little weird things that you quirks or whatever yeah. you do that look ugly to you but everyone else either doesn't like, see it or they don't care yeah exactly like, oh no I don't want to watch it. I don't yeah. want to listen to it so <laughs> hearing, hearing myself now yeah I try to kind of like, let me try to trim trim the Queen's uh, Queen's accent yeah. down a bit and but, I try really hard but I did it I, I find myself doing it so much I try not to talk over people because I have so much in my head right. like, like why are you talking I'm like yeah blah 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 and, and it's, I'm almost I have to settle down a little bit and let the person speak because it's not about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I just almost wanted to just bulldoze what you were saying with my nonsense in my head that means nothing. You and know what you, I mean? Agreeing you, with you. You know? And then you're trying to remember as you're saying something like, I don't want to bulldoze. Let me keep that thought in my mind. But right. then I'm about to forget it. I got to get it out. Right. And then you jump on it. Exactly. You were talking about the... Before the Broad Street breakdown. Uh, breakdown, and it was a great episode. I forgot who they did it with. And it I was wish, a- I wish that they would do it more often. Yeah, I really do. It's, it's one tough. of my favorites, man. It's so good. And he did like about maybe like ten minutes on um, broadcast etiquette on how how they chopped it up and how they you know held back and break. And I want to um, listen. I want to put it to my guys on the arm bar because. Yeah. They get you know they get hyped up. They start having a couple of brewskis and all that. Right. All of a sudden, they're like, ah! it's yeah. like a wrestling match, but it's really an art to this. Show and, and you do doubt. it well. So tip of the cap to you. So uh, I I I don't even try. I just I just do this. You know what I mean? Right. Like I don't even really I don't study. You know, like 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 you were saying. Like I'm gonna say that I probably listened back to maybe the first. Maybe like 30 episodes or something like that. Every once in a while, I'll listen back to an episode that I did. And I find myself saying a lot of things the same time. Like, repeating myself a lot. Like, right. awesome. Like, like I say, like, oh, no shit. Or, awesome. 
Well, rule, this, that rules. That rules. Oh, yeah, you yeah. You do yeah, a Jimmy Ferrari, uh, you know, shot cut, <laughs> take a shot of espresso every time. That's awesome. It rules. Oh, yeah, it rules. It's awesome. <laughs> Everything rules. Everything's awesome. I or or crazy. You know, we do, you know, like, everyone just has, like, a couple of canned phrases, like, they just say. Yeah. I'm not saying that that wasn't a good thought, but you just, like, it enters your mind right away. Like, oh, Absolutely. Fucking crazy. Yeah, you're Sick. crazy. Sick. Dope. Dope. Yeah, it's all of that. All of that. Yeah. So I try to, I try to, and sometimes it doesn't work, but I try to keep that in mind. But, eh. No, it's good. I think as a broadcaster, listen back to your material and try yeah. to critique yourself to, you know, refine the art. Right. Because there is an art to conversation. There is. And uh, But you have a good voice, because it reminds me, really, of just that dark, deep New York, but of the of the era I grew up in. Yeah. It, it's funny how the New York accent has changed. Like, it's we're talking about Pacino. Yeah, it's disappearing, right? That there's not a lot of people anymore. When you look through the ages, like, remember, just from, you were talking about Pacino, like, they had that, you know, like, um... Was at uh, Panic in Needle Park, and how Pacino's voice was almost like a high Kermit-ish. Oh yeah, you know, like like Dog Day Afternoon, like yeah, like I'm dying over here, like yeah. New York has had more of a whiny twine to it a little bit. Well, you have two Pacinos, right? You have two different Pacinos. The, the switchover, I think, was probably Heat, maybe. Right. Where you had the raw Pacino. You know what I'm saying? Well, now, he, he, he turned into like a southern black man or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look here. Hey, yeah, you it's know. crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Cool. <laughs> See, I'm doing it right now. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, so, so to hear that New York accent still of that era that I grew up in, it's comforting. But I could, I could see that as more, there's less and less, you know, true New Yorkers still. Oh, it's it's got to evolve. Um, yeah. You know, as you have the different tones from the, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, it, it evolves every, you know, few decades. Yeah. And I, I have, like, lifelong go. friends from Brooklyn, and they'll be like, dude, like, you got it bad. Like, they'll tell me, like, <laughs> like, Nikki tells me all the time. It's like, there was, we were going on this because this whole Motley Crue thing is happening and all right. this thing. So next thing you know, like, I'm torturing her with, like, Motley Crue videos and this and that. And then I put on, like, a Tesla song. And she was like, well, they were one of the best ones out of, like, that whole thing. Right. And I was like, I never hated Tesla. Like, it's cool. And like, a couple of days later, they announced Tesla's doing a tour. Right. And she's like, I knew it. This is awesome. And then I was like, so now I go on, like, this Tesla kick. And I'm looking for videos. And I'm like, what's the name of that song? It's something about being, like, it's about being, like, a good guy. And Nikki's like, about being what? I'm like, a good guy. She's like, oh, you're my God, a good guy. It's one word. Music, good guy. Yeah, it's a good guy. And then, I don't know, it's a song it's called Be a Man. But I was like, it's a song oh, about yeah. being like a good guy. Right. And Nikki's just abusing me. But she's born and raised in Brooklyn, too. Right. You know what I mean? So certain yeah. things come out, it's like, damn. Yeah. And I'll hear myself sometimes. <laughs> Did you? Yes. What Tesla video? Love song? Love that song. No, it was not a, it was not a slow song, but it was... It was no, love song. Love song is a great song. The guitarist or the bass player flipped his hair over, and he had long hair, and his sides were shaved, and I was like, I could do that because you couldn't even tell that was There you go. When his hair was down, and I was like... Me that and was, my friend Trish went into her bathroom and shaved the side of my hair. That was there Jason Newstead, um, Justice for All. Yes, yeah, the one video. The there you the go. Side. You're like, all right, <laughs> all right. It's a little different from Cliff. Sure, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean... I mean, before we started recording, I was saying we were in we were in the Lions. Yes. So you know we don't have to let people know what the Lions is. You got to smarten yourselves up. Yeah. But uh, go deep. Don't go deep. Yeah. That's all we got to say. It's it. So you know how how me and you like actually connected was 
it's weird how because I think the connection between you was was through Danny Boy and then my connection to Danny Boy was actually listening to the Broad Street Breakdown and then I think Jeff Gavin from the band Dundeal who was on there was I did an episode with him and he was talking about etiquette of trying not to bulldoze over people as well it's like I like to just shut up and let, let people talk Sometimes I can't do that, right? You know, I'm just I'm talking with my hands. I'm just I've just always been that way. We gotta we gotta sit on you. You gotta sit. I on gotta your sit hands. on my hands. <laughs> yeah, or else it's, it's no holds barred. Whatever happens. But um, so yeah, it's just a we- it's a weird thing how it's like through listening to the Broad Street Breakdown, I met Jeff Gavin. I booked his band when I was still doing shows. From there, I go to his wedding. From there, I meet Vinny Paz. From there, I get friendly with all these people, and then I hear that La Coconosha is playing. Philly, so at that time I always loved going to Philly because I go to this hardcore and all that. So then I hit up Danny Boy to see if I could take like 10 15 minutes of his time right. just to do like a little bonus mini episode thing. He was more than gracious with his time, it was almost an hour. Go back and listen to that, and then um, and then from there it just kind of branched out with which I want to get into. You are also the co founder of the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team, right? That's correct, correct, correct. How did that all come about? How about you tell people what it is because I'll butcher it <laughs> yeah I don't know if we ever if we ever went on a record of how it actually happened but the first time me and Danny met was at an event in uh, downtown LA there's an avant-garde um, uh, director called um, Kenneth Anger okay. and he he influenced all of our favorite directors of the 70s Scorsese and all these guys he was he was on the next level before even people were you know keeping track of levels right and um, Google him if you want something interesting he has ties to Manson and uh. Uh, Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin. Jimmy Page did a soundtrack for one of his movies called Lucifer Rising. So he's on the underbelly of Lucifer know. Rising. Was didn't Bobby Boussoulet do something like that? Well, Jimmy Page originally um, got the contracts to do the soundtrack. Right. But at the time, he was at the peak of his heroin addiction. Right. And he he, he did about maybe 20, 30 minutes and kept on um, just procrastinating. Yeah. And Kenneth was upset, and they had some kind of big blowout and supposedly Kenneth put a spell on Jimmy okay the, the, the folklore goes it's what he, he told me anyway and then um, the, the house that Jimmy was recording at it's called I think it's like Boleskine House probably butchering it okay and uh, it actually burned down to the ground after uh, some time um, and um but anyway, yeah, and uh, then it got passed on to Bobby, who was one of the players in the whole Manson family. Absolutely. And ended up getting rolled up for murder. Yes. So, so, yeah, so Kenneth's reach goes deep into tentacles of music, movies. Uh, Hollywood Babylon was one of his first uh, novels where okay. he kind of put out, he was like kind of TMZ before there was a TMZ. Really? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, somehow we met at, um, we met at that event and um, just started chopping up. He was friends with Steve Mona, right. who listened to that episode, right? Yeah, listened to Steve Mona's episode. Yeah. And my Shout out to Steve Mona. And we still have to, because we have to, we have to smash a Jacob's Ladder spot, which is on Driggs Avenue. And I never ate at Peter Lugan's. So we have a long time, we've been going back and forth, that me and Mona have to go eat a steak and smash the... Jacob's Ladder spot. I think, and Driggs Avenue was, uh, I think that's where Serpico got shot. 
Yes. What I'm saying. It's yes. great, so. But there's the spot where Jacob, where, uh, what's his face, Tim Robbins is walking across the street in that movie, and the, the, the girls in the corner start singing to him. Yes. Yeah, so, and he crosses there, and right behind there is Peter Lucas. Right. Naku, you want something? You gonna eat something? In a little bit, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's um, that's a great era of New York City. I mean, uh, Tim. Um, in a little bit, we're gonna order, but for now, we're cool. Thank you. Good. Um, you don't have to whisper. It's okay. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, that era of New York City, you know, the, the, the army field jacket, Best. grimy subways. I yeah, mean, that's that's yeah. everything I love about this town. Right. Or what it, what it was. What it era. was. And uh, you know, it's now it's just that you know someone else's now it to is. to hold on to, and I don't shit on that. It's just I, I just don't identify it. Me uh, neither. That's why, like my one of my favorite new era of uh, songs is Agnostic Front. Uh, oh sure. I, I miss the old New York. I mean, oh. you know, right here, that just it, it hits me deep. It's, Absolutely, man. The, the video, the guys singing it, the, the words. They're on the I mean, train and shit. Oh yeah, it's man, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember like wilding out on trains. They probably did that gorilla style. Of course. You know, no yeah. permits and all that. There's I mean, no permits. I remember, we, yeah, just going to the subway and just uh, destroy. I mean, it was like a playground. So yeah. We didn't really have, a, you know, real playgrounds. It was no. just infested with animals and what. Exactly. You know, the subways and coming into the city and um, yeah. So it, all these things bring me back to that good era of like hearing Rebel and Mona, you know, talking right. about you know the subways and all the crimes and. I just, love those stories too, man. Yeah. It's great, you know, just running around in tunnels, right in your feet. It's crazy because I had a, a vandal. Who right. Mona is chasing around in friggin' tunnels. Right. And then, like, two episodes later, I have, like, the former friggin' commanding officer of the fucking Vandal Squad yes. on. Yes. And which was cool because he was like, you know, it's just a job. Right. And, and Mona has canvases from, like, Lester Graffiti artists right. in his house. Right. You know, so. He didn't hate the art, the, the art, he hated the, you know, the criminal aspect to it of. Right. On someone else's property. Right. Yeah. So now where were we before we started going off on the Mona thing? You met Danny Boy. Oh yeah, so yeah, met this him. We started chopping up and so yes, yeah, going down to the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, somehow we were just uh, talking about like the Manson Caves, right? Like, Spawn Ranch. Oh, it's and, such um, a bucket list place. So, for me. so somehow that came in conversation, and then he goes, "Hey, yeah, let's uh, let's go up there." I'm like, "Yeah, I haven't been." And uh, he went previously, and then we just started, you know, more and more talking and hanging out, and we just learned that we do the same same exact thing. Yeah. Going. Um, Wanting to visit iconic spots, whether it's true crime, movies, music, you know, whatever, yeah. obscure, you know, things in history. Yeah. He's had a love of that. And um, I got that from my old man from uh, growing up in, uh, you know, Ridgewood, Glendale, Queens. Yeah. Um, the French Connection, which was a big, big monument, uh, mom monumental uh, movie for me when I was a kid. We were watching that TV on TV at home. Yeah. My old man was saying, hey, do you see this spot? Do you see that spot? That's over here in our neighborhood. And I was like, for me, like, movies was just, that was another world. Hollywood and all that, I mean, wasn't something that was tangible. I was like, what do you mean? That's, that's over here in, uh, in our neighborhood? So you'd show me. So we had that connection of um, that movie and 
ourselves, me and my old man, when we he worked for the transit authority. Right. And so we, that was like having a key to the city. Oh, hell Underground, yeah. Underground, everywhere. I mean, everywhere. there's some kind of transit system. And it was having, like I said, a key to the city where we we just have our way with it. So yeah. he would show me all these different sites, you know, going underground, above, and places people never had access to. So it always sparked that interest of, you know, exploring, finding places. You know, Love it. And him pointing out, this happened here, this happened there. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, whatever, 20-something years later, finding another one that had that quirky, you know, sense of adventure of going places and digging deep. And then, yeah, man. And like, man, and then after that, you know, we were just off to the races. It's and so much fun, too. It's just a cool experience. Like, if you're into that stuff, like, I go all over the place. Like, like I was on vacation from work in between because I just switched jobs, and I had, like, two weeks off. And, like, I had, like, I'll go to the gym or something, but, like, I'm, I have, like, paid vacation and shit. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I'll just jump on the train. I started off, I did, like, a Jay-Z thing on, like, all the way up in Harlem, like, 100, I don't know, 20-something street. Right. And I just walked all the way down and went all up and through Central Park, this and that, George Collins' house, to all this stuff. It's just like, I have my phone, I make sure my phone is charged halfway through, I'll stop and dunk a donut to charge up, have a cup yep. of coffee, and just hit all kinds of spots. And it's like, I stop all the time, and it's just like, like just before, I just did, I was telling you, I did a Ricky Powell picture. It was, it's Ad Rock and Dondi, speaking of graffiti, yeah. down on West 10th Street, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking at the picture, and I'm standing there, I'm like, and I looked at the, you know, and that Ad Rock was sitting right there, and I'm like, and it's from a picture from like '92, and I'm like, I take it in, I'm like, this is kind of cool, you know what I mean? Some right. people might not care, no, you know no. what I mean? Some people can give two shits, but a lot of people, I show people like the stuff that I've done and the things on the group page. It's like people don't even realize what was filmed, like on their block maybe, or right around the block from somebody. Like I did an episode with in their own in their own neighborhood, in their I mean, own neighborhood. them, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was like I did two I did two episodes. It was the guy Sebastian, the singer for Regulate, and the artist Sean Taggart. I did them both in the same day. So I did Sebastian first, and it was only like two miles away I had to meet Sean, but I had like a three-hour window. Right. So what am I going to do in that three-hour window? What's around here? You know what I mean? So I found a spot, and, he, and right after I was done, he was recommending like pizza spots or whatever. I was like, all right, that's cool. I was like, I'm going to go over to whatever street it was, and I'm going to go take a picture of where Carlito's Way was filmed. Right. And he's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was like, now it's a storage unit, but that was the club where Carlito Brigante, that's where his on club Broadway, was. Broadway, right? Yes. Yeah, Broadway and... Uh, I don't remember yeah, all some, yeah. it's, it's all my thing. And then that's been a dead spot for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's a huge public storage place. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, look, and I showed him, he, and he was fascinated. He had no idea. Also, right. the same neighborhood was the, the Galante hit with the cigar. I worked in that precinct. It was the A3 precinct in Bushwick. Yeah. So I used to, I used to Nick show guys. Nickelbacker Avenue. Yeah, yeah. I think 480 Nick or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to show guys on patrol, hey, this, you know, Ghost was filmed here, you know, Carlito's Way. You yeah. Know, and that, um, when you got that hit at Gigante. Um, yeah, I mean, that was great. I had to make it I to I used the to roof. drive past that all the time and was hoping someone, one day someone would open up that storefront. It's not. It's, it's all never, storage. Yeah. It's storage. But the guy no one, still owns it. There's no business. I've never seen in and out of there. It's, it, there's nothing in there. It's there's kind of like my my modern day. For you, that hit for me is uh, Bruce Lee's dojo in 
downtown LA's Chinatown. Crazy. When he died, they deaded this spot, and it's, it's like a time stood still, and it's a storefront, but just no one comes or goes from it. No one knows who owns it. Really? And so I, every time I drive past, I got to drive just on that one chance of like someone has the keys. I'm like, go let inside, me in there, move over. Yeah, <laughs> man. Come on, I'm coming in. What do you think that is? Like, what's up with that curiosity with us? Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, I don't know. It's um, it's not every not everybody has it. No, they don't. But I'm I'm like dying like like I'm I'm searching for two different spots that I mean I know kind of where they are, but they're rooftop spots, and I just have to make my way right in somehow. Because nowadays, like post 9-11, I can't get on That's a rooftop tough. of a skyscraper by Central Park. I know. You know what I'm saying? I like, I can't do that. But Mona is really good. I, I hit off Mona with, with a picture from The Exorcist, and there's nothing that you can see in the background of streets. Nothing. It's the, it's the, the, the image of... It's the dream sequence where the mother from is coming subway. up out of the subway. Yes. So, but that subway, you can't see anything. All you see oh. is like BMT lines. You see 8th Avenue. So I'm thinking maybe it's on 8th Avenue, but it's via 8th Avenue. I sent it to Mona because he, yeah. three days later, he's like, it could be this place, this place, or this place. He's <laughs> looking up old subway maps from the yes. 70s, and he's like, it's got to be this place. And it's, it's not even in Manhattan. It's like Send me a screenshot from my old man. He can help on that one. Dude, too. so I, he's good think, I think we know where it is, but it's like you said and he's like, I love doing this shit. Oh, it's great. So I sent it to Mona, but I'm like, I'll try, but there was nothing for me to go on. So I was, so I was like, I don't want to because I want to find it on my own. Yeah, yeah. But I got to send it to Mona. He's, yeah. like, he's like, just give me a little bit and I, I'll help you out. <laughs> you find it, and if Mona and his dad agree on it, it's the spot. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right. Oh, because it's so completely We'll just different. say, hey, it was a prop. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just watching a documentary on the making of The Exorcist. Uh, I'll have to send you a link, and that, and that popped up, and same thing in my mind. I Where looked at it, and I was like, it's too fuzzy. I'm not even going to go into that. There's no there's, there's no landmarks. There's no. nothing. It's a brick building up against the subway, and then in the back, it's all blurry. There's no streets. I know how we'll find out. We'll ask Billy. We'll put it out here in the universe. Billy freaking. We'll do a podcast with him. There you go. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna get it. I think I emailed him asking him that question. I'm, I'm telling you, you know he's he's a little ornery. Yeah. But once you know, it's just timing with those guys. I would love to. And um, I, I think I think we could do it. I, I got a gift for him uh, that I think he would like. Oh yeah. And then I could I could do a pitch. I'm like, hey, it's a guy in New York, blah blah blah, and then Billy Mike, Freakin. And I'm like, Jimmy, book that book that flight. You're book that out flight to, to Cali. That's that's the white whale right there. Yeah, you know? I've only been to California once, and and it was kind of like I was in Long Beach, and I was on a job. This was years ago. It's like ten years ago. I was on a job, but I was with like three other guys. I was working on planes at the time, and we were right by the Boeing factory, which is like in like Corona, maybe or something like that. Yeah, I think somewhere so, up there. Yeah, somewhere around there. So we were all in a hotel, and we were just basically sitting there waiting for a call. Right. And we literally, we went to the hangar once. I didn't even pick up a tool. So we were just getting standby pay. And in a hotel, we are in a Holiday Inn. And But these guys that I was with were just boring. I'm like, we have a rent-a-car. I'm like, you have a, a, you have a work phone. You're going to get a, like, why are we in a hotel? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, yo, you guys all suck. So I'm like, give me the keys. <laughs> give me the keys, and I'm out. Like, right. I can't. So, like... 
I was I was solo. Like I just drove. I didn't know where the hell I was going. I drove. Right. I, I did like the touristy shit. Like I walked. I saw the stars. I had to walk past the whiskey just right. to just to walk past the whiskey. You yeah. know, shit like that. But that was the only time I was ever in California. And I was like, I need to come back here. It's all right. You so got maybe time. I'll go back there to go do a podcast with Billy Freakin. Yes, it's a, we, we just put it out in the universe. I think, think you would get mad if I call him Billy right off the bat. Like I'm more comfortable with him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> either that or Hurricane Billy. Yeah, like Hurricane oh, yeah. Bill. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, that's his AKA. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very gracious though when when you do meet him. Uh, it's a pleasure meeting him, and yeah, he's one of those guys where he just even if there's a million people around, he'll connect with you and make he'll you give feel you like you're valued and and really have a, a a legit conversation. Really, instead of yeah, hey Jimmy, how you doing? Blah blah blah, and then just you know move on down the line. All right, uh, very good with that. You know? Nice. He took like he took my I'm like hey after we talked to. You know, uh, I said, hey, Billy, do you mind if we take this? Yeah, of course. And I had, like, a, like a scally cap on. He took the scally cap on, put it on himself, and had this big, I mean, just oh, that's he cool. makes you feel, you know. Comfortable. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Real, really good guy. I'd love to talk and to one of the guy. best interviews ever. I mean, you go on YouTube and put in Billy Freakin' interview. I mean, I mean it, I'm always amazed that someone, that kid, um, perform in person by giving a you know great conversation and then do fantastic art on the screen usually yeah. it's one of the it's other one of the other sure. and, but he has it all he's just a special guy really and yeah podcast oh, all day a great speaker oh. you know and, and stories for days that uh, oh I'm you sure know, embell- he, he's a good bold shitter so oh, yeah. embellished was, I was I was telling Stacy when I was watching um, The Exorcist they were talking about uh, well you're a big Exorcist fan huge when um, they were talking about the hiring process when with Linda Blair when um, they were asking her about I remember reading Billy's book and some interviews he would ask her hey do you know what masturbation is he's like oh yeah sure like jerking off and he's like this is the girl this is what you know she's hired <laughs> yeah. and he was like she didn't you know she knew at such a young age and it was like nothing to her right. but on this one interview it was like the complete opposite of really? what he said in the past <laughs> nice <laughs> it was hysterical you know, yeah. you know he's not, probably doesn't mean to bullshit but just it's just part of his nature yeah, yeah of course yeah it's a good story you know without a doubt yeah so We'll make that happen, though. Yeah, I'll definitely look. Cause there's so many places in Cali that I want to see. I mean, like, I've always been fascinated with the whole Manson thing. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, like, I've told it before on the podcast before. Like, I have a sister who's six years older than me. I got into an argument with her over the big TV in the house way back in the day. I was, like, six years old. There was more than old. one TV in your house? There was two TVs. There you was rich, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> there was nothing in the refrigerator, but we had two TVs. Hey, priorities. Right. There was one big one. I mean, I think it was big. I was small, so it might not be as big as I think it was, but there was the color TV in the living room, and there was a small 12-inch black and white up in my parents' room. Always the second one was a black and white. Always, with the big dials and the rabbit ears. And there was like a Brady Bunch special. Right. And my sister wanted to watch that, and I remember looking in the TV guide, and it was a full-page ad, and it was the picture of Helter Skelter with Steve Railsback, who played Charlie, and it's crime of the century, and I was a young kid, but for some reason, I'm like... This shit looks heavy as fuck. Like, I need to watch this. Right. And I got into an argument over the big TV, and she said something. So, you know, I was a little boy and mama's boy. So I won the big TV. My sister got mad, had to go watch her Brady Bunch nonsense. Yep. You know, but I sat there and I watched Helter Skelter, and I would just been like, something about that. Like, clicked. I don't know what it is. 
is that weird, crazy, hippie cult shit? I don't know, man, yeah. but I've always been fascinated, so I definitely want to see we'll just take it. Spawn Ranch. I want to see the cave. I want, you know, whatever. I'll take you to all the spots. I'm yeah, sure. It was the same thing as fifth grade. I did a book report on Helter Skelter. Oh, you must have been. Fuliosi. I don't know how I got the book, but it's, it's a mad thick book. It's oh, yeah, I It's almost like it. 600, 600 pages it's or huge. something like that. Yeah. And I read that cover to cover, and I did a book report on it, and I had an addenda in the book report. Uh, I, I drew uh, Tex Watson's fucking Roscoe. Really? And so, yeah, I had the Roscoe on there, and I did my like little two-page book report, and I think I got an A-plus, but my fifth-grade teacher, uh, shout-out to Mr. Alcabes. <laughs> Mr. Alcabes? I got thrown out of uh, Catholic school and had to go to public school, and um, and he was very gracious with me, because I ended up getting left, left back, thrown out. It was horrible. Really? And uh, so he knew my situation, and like, I was way, like, if you go to Catholic school or public school, you're like a rock star all of a sudden. Oh, sure. You're way ahead of everybody. Yeah, without a doubt. And so he was like, hey, you know, uh, looks like uh, you read some interesting material. I was like, yeah. He's like, so what's this Helter Skelter thing? Uh, what made you write about this? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I saw the book, and uh looked really exciting. It's a great book, and yeah. uh, guns, and this and that. And, guns. Uh, he's like, okay, you're right. And he was like, you know, testing the waters, you know, yeah. see where it was at mentally and all that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, is it kind of advanced? I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I was always like a big reader. Yeah. Grew up by myself, so I didn't have, you know, brothers or sisters. So right. the books became my surrogate you know, family. Really? And, um, yeah. Okay. So uh, books were you know, still important in my life. Sure. And, uh, so ever since then, that was like one of the monumental, like, uh, blueprints of how I ended up out west. So same thing. Manson, crime, uh, west coast. There was just some kind of connection to that. Yeah, man. And that, that, that was one of the things that pushed me out here that, you know, subconsciously, yeah. anyway, sure. things of interest, you know, before, you know, there was music, uh, BMX, um, the ocean, I was, I was supposed to come to, uh, I was supposed to go to Berkeley College, okay. um, growing up, that was, that was one of my things I was going to do, study marine biology out of all things. That's, so, I'm not mad at that, I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> I've always liked ocean life as a kid, too. Dinosaurs yeah. and, like, shit in the ocean. Yeah. So, Big fan. <laughs> so fast forward, yeah, like 20 years later, me and Danny Boy have a, our own podcast that we're interviewing Michael Channels, who is one of the, you know, claims that one of the heir apparents to Manson's um, will. There's still, I think he's still battling down in court with Manson's really? supposedly grandson and all that. And we linked up with him, and um, we had him on the episode, and he actually, he's got, you know, mad photos with uh, with Manson. He, he visited him, you know, obviously since he was in the will, you know, numerous times, and he smuggled out some Manson's coffees. So really? he, he brewed it up on the podcast. So I could say I had um, Charles Manson's personal uh, Bruno uh, Pruno coffee. Really? Danny wore Manson's glasses. He smuggled. You know, somehow we got glasses out. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And I want of, Charlie's glasses. And yeah. And <laughs> one of the things I regret is you, know, you, th you think Manson that motherfucker was going to live forever. And I yeah. told Channels, I said, Hey, I want to. How can I get something? You know, something can. Um, Charlie signed like Manson, Juliosi's uh, book and all that. He goes, well, you can't send books to prison, which yeah, I don't know how I didn't remember. But uh, he said you could rip out a page of like maybe the inside cover and then we could send it to him. He could sign that. And it was just like one of those things like, yeah, okay, I'll get on it. And you just kind of, you forget about it. You know, yeah. so, you know, wasn't in communication with channels all that all that much after that. Right. And a regret, a big regret. Yeah, of man. Not getting that because he would have done it. I was like, shit. I mean, that was one of the things that got me involved in, you know, police work and, you know, the underground and the cults and that whole, you know, that whole 60s, 70s era of, Love LA it. was just unbelievable what was going on 
yeah, man. in California. You know, same thing in New York City. It was just yesterday and today. I mean, it's just two different worlds of how oh raw and unadulterated, you know, just everything was. Bad shit crazy, man. <laughs> Serial killers, Ted Bundy over here, this guy over there. Crazy. Just, yeah. Just a completely different... Yeah, you know how many serial killers are, like, operating in California alone? I mean... Oh, at, at the same time. <laughs> like... What the fuck is happening, man? Right. It's crazy. Yeah, that era from like, you know, Vietnam, like when Vietnam really kicked off, like that 68 to 78. Yeah. That, that snapshot of America. I mean, you know, when you look back now, even even post September 11th, people are like, oh, it's the end of the world. These guys bombed the towers. Like, yeah, no doubt. Right. It was huge for our lifetime. But when you look at that in context of like 68 to 78, what was going on in this country, a president getting, uh, stepping down, a ship might happen now. You never know. You never but know. the wars that were going on, assassinations. He's not stepping down. No, no. So they have to make him step down. But of the turmoil that was going on in this country, like, that's something. What we have now, we got it made. Oh, yeah, dude. We've got it made. Crazy. Riots all the time and all that Civil unrest, racial unrest. Like, this is nothing, you know, what we're doing. It's all internet banter that's making it more hype than it really is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say about, too, about internet stuff. Like, people reconnected, you know, via, you know, social media and all that. And people, you know, were quick to, uh, people were quick to shit on social media. But all that, if it wasn't for social media, all this stuff, no one would even, this one would have never happened. Like, you got to look at, you know, take out the politics stuff, but the actual, um, you know, physical um, things that, you know, people, uh, friendships and just uh, the education of oh, sure. how much you've got plussed up or whatever arena that you want to dive into, things that people put you onto. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, oh, if, if you use it correctly or just, you know, something of value, something positive, right. social media is unbelievable. don't be an asshole? Or a right. Right, you know, teenagers, and just yeah, try not to be an asshole. Have yeah. a keep your opinions to yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And one could just relax a little but bit. I think the positivity way outnumbers the you know the negativity. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The amount of uh, good things that go on. I mean, shit. Just look, look at GoFundMe's. I mean, oh, that wouldn't have existed. I mean, yeah. you know, people contributing to whatever cause it is, like the Outsider's House. Perfect I mean, segue. You, we're, we're right here. Go on. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, Danny couldn't do it on his own. Social media, boom. Now we have an Outsider's Museum that did not exist. That whole I story mean, just is one fascinating thing. too. Yeah. I grew up watching that movie. You yes. know, that, that was a staple. All the time, I'm renting the VHS tape. You know what I mean? Like, and then it's just so funny. Like, I think about it, it's like, who would have thought that? Like, like when I was when I did the episode with Danny, it's like, like I said, like I had like quick, you know, what's up? How you doing? And then kept it moving a couple of times years ago with Danny Boy. Right. But nothing for nothing. No conversation at all. A quick pound, yo, you guys were great, and then gone. Yeah. So, for me, at the time, it was just like two years ago, so from 1992 or 93, when they're playing the Palladium with Biohazard, you know, fast forward to 2017, 2018, for me to think that I'd be backstage talking with Danny Boy at a venue in Philly, but not even talking about music. Right. Talking about the the whole Delta Bravo thing. And the Outsiders and right. S.E. Hinton with Danny Boy from House of Pain. It's like, well, how'd that happen? You know what I mean? It's yes. crazy. And 
I think it's it's just I don't know, man. Like, and that's another place I, I need to get out to Tulsa. Yeah, I really need to. Bad. You'd love it the most. It's it's a it's a it's interesting to see it because I got to see it you know way you know a couple of years back and see when it, it was a progression just, of a city where it's you know like a Nashville or Austin like I can imagine those times when the city was turning over. Yeah. So it's going through that that transition and every time I go back to visit every couple of months and new things popping up. Well, it, well so, I, I mean I could be wrong, but the. With the advent of now the the Outsiders House Museum, hasn't that brought Absolutely. things up around over there? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one thing feeds to another. I mean, right. That's how, that's how movements start. That story too. It's like the, the revival of that story. There's not a person in like life that can't relate to some aspect of that story, whether you're on the social side or. The non-social side, you're, you're one or the other, but you relate to some character in that book. Greece is all day long. To Dallas, so okay. you relate to somebody <laughs> in that. You relate. Yeah. You know, and that's like Danny drives that point home every time he talks about it because some it speaks to some child or some teenager because they see themselves as some character in, in that. Sure. Story. I was in the play version in uh, yeah. seventh. Yeah, was it seventh grade in junior you play? high? It was, you know, the book has more characters. Right. I don't even remember now. It was, you know, like, when they were divvying it up, I'm like, whatever character had the least amount of lines, I'm like, I want to do that. That's what you want? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was forced Greaser into it. or so. Oh, it, oh it, was, it, was, yeah, it was a greaser for sure. Right, 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 um, but right. a very, you know, bit player in it. Right. Where it just had a couple, like, I think it was like maybe two lines. I'm like, I want the least, you know? Pity the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> I was just um, I was just telling Danny about uh, Josh Homme did... Um, Podcast with Rogan. Yes, right. And he, I didn't listen and the to it, but I know about it. And, Really? Uh, yeah, and he was talking about that's how I started smoking was from uh, Matt Dillon and uh, and uh, you know the jean jacket and all that. It was just you know that whole was the house mentioned. Uh, no, he, I, I don't uh, know if he's aware, but he should be. And um, that would have been great exposure too, man. Yeah, yeah. So put that out to the universe. Danny put that needs out to the universe. Out to Danny needs to get on, get on to Rogan. Rogan. Oh. He's had Everlast on. I don't know how many times. Yeah, yeah. Get Danny. I mean, not on even it. to talk about music, just to talk about other things. Yeah, how he came about. You know, yeah, his, his going through life and then how he ended up landing. You know, coming up well, with that Rogan's museum. Rogan's a, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Steady listener of this podcast. Yes, he's got a lot of spare time and he's yeah. Uh, yeah. diving deep, you know, trying yeah. to you know, plucking guests from you. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I had a couple people that he wound up having on, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, dropped Blood Clot on, and then yeah. he had him, and I want to see somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. And Danny will probably be. You know, That'd be great. Yeah, I would love for Danny to go on there because one degree be so of separation. Much, yeah, it was so much awesome exposure. I mean. Millions of people listen to the Rogan podcast. Millions. Yeah. It's a, I mean, if you equated to put those numbers onto like a TV show, I mean, it would be. Oh, the, it's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, like all, but every episode. Right. Like Game of Thrones Consistent. numbers. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones, but I know it's a huge show. Yeah. Same here. I never yeah. Watched. No. One, I never once you have once you have ice dragons and wizardry, I'm out. No. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of any of that stuff. But no. I really enjoy Game of Thrones. Yeah. 
See, it's it's weird because like I don't like quote unquote period piece movies. See, yeah. Something something that bothers me. Yeah. It's like so whatever. Many different factions and so many different families and whatever. In Game You'll of find Thrones. Your character in there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's, it's like movies with like you know like yeah. bonnets, and bonnets and shit. You, like, we don't we don't relate. We're street right, guys. Right. Um, but like I watch Braveheart all day long and like Spartacus well, that TV show. That too. I'll watch all day long. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'm with you. It's just um, audio is a big thing for me. That's why I love podcasts and radio. Yeah. And hearing a voice, I have to connect to it. So there's, right. there's some podcasts out there, like um, a buddy of mine's big into like uh, Sam Harris or Tim Ferriss and all that. And if I don't, if the voice doesn't click with me, no matter what they're saying, I'm, I'm out. I just can't get into it. Yeah, I'm the same and so way. When it's some guy, oh, oh Lord, Lord, and blah blah blah, with you know some kind of, I'm like, I can't. No, that's not me. No, me so neither. No matter if you're decapitating guys or doing some gangster shit. No, it just doesn't move me really. Yeah. So give me Charles Bronson death wish. I mean, I'm all over. It, all know? day. I, I relate. You know. Yeah, ooh, Hark, who goes there? Mm, Hark, I, I, don't, I don't talk like that. No. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. No. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Warriors, Bad Lieutenant. Oh, yeah. Death Wish. Yeah. Yeah, all about all that. Yeah. Old, old, and old, what's, what's the common theme in all that? Old New York. Yeah. Gritty yeah. old New York. And that's what Matt Dillon brought to the outside, is, you know, that tough New York kid, yeah. you know, with, with the pistol in his pocket, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's me. What know? is it, the 315 freight to Windricksville? There it is, yeah. Something like that? Is it 315? Danny's yelling now. at me right now. Yeah. Fact <laughs> check that, Danny. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you've been out there to outside the house several times, no? Yeah, shit, I think, yeah, I don't know. The eight, grand opening? Eight, nine times, something Really? At least, yeah. Fuck, yeah. man. Yeah, since he's left to L.A., yeah, we visit, you know, he's either staying at my house or he'd come out and stay by his house every couple of months. All right, the Mayo Hotel. Yeah. Now, what's the Mayo Hotel? Wasn't that where... What's the connection between Rumblefish and... Isn't there something like was filmed in the Mayo Hotel or There's something? Something historic there. Something is historic about that place. You know, it's like the the Waldorf Astoria for Tulsa. It's like oh, okay. those, those you know presidential suites. So anyone that comes into town, that's anyone, that's anybody, you know, is staying there. Like you know, from uh, you know, Guns N' Roses. Last time we went out there, Danny's friends with Duff. Um, so GNR stayed there, and you know, they're up on the top floor or wherever. So like every nice. the, like the their Madison Square Garden, the Bach is right across the street. So boom. Everyone's staying at the Mayo, so just one of those cool historic places that you know you want to stay somewhere cool. Yeah, it's, it's that place. It's the Mayo Hotel. Yeah. So of course that's where uh, DB's at. So right, it's perfect for him. And, and that's and how far is that from the from the outside of his house? Uh, ten minute, you know, ten minute drive, you know, a couple of miles, yeah. Yeah, it's real close. It's a small town, but, you know, it's got a lot of good history, interesting history and, and, and charm to it. I so. heard it's, that's, that's what I heard. I heard there's a lot of charm, and I heard it's beautiful. Yeah. You would never think. I don't know why. And then the people there, once they know, like, you came to visit, it's, you know, it's, it has a weird thing, like, oh, well, how'd you get, what, what made you come to Tulsa? You're like, oh, you know, outside is whatever, a friend and all that. And they're like, you know, like, oh, my God, are you, where are you from L.A. and New York? Are you, this is horrible, right? Like, no, no, this is great. I really like your town and the yeah. people here. And they're like, whoa, seriously? Wow. I had no idea. It was, you know, small town people, they just maybe have, like, you know, different impression of big city people like we poo-poo on that shit yeah and you're like no I mean this is this 
it's the real deal. It's authentic, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. That, that's a bucket list spot. There's so many places. Like, I need, like, a whole big chunk of ch- a chunk of change from, like, a month off. And I'll just go on a road trip. I have, like, a map. I have, it's mapped out, like, all these certain spots. I mean, I want to go down to Texas because I need to go and eat at the Texas Massacre House. I'll meet you there. There's also, there's also the gas station. Yes. There's the gas station there where you can actually rent a room. And you can stay there. It's a little small little, you know, whatever, right. dingy motel room. But I don't care about that. Like, I want to, like, spend the night, like, at the gas station from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I always just wanted to slam that metal door, that fucking right. face. Like what? I mean, how it, how did that come about in the movie? Just the slamming of the metal door was the illest. Yeah, effective with that bong at the yeah. end of it. It's so effective. And then where where was that in the in the house? Like, how did that come about? I don't know. Well, that's I with, mean with Toby Hooper and all. I mean, I mean that movie is so, so gritty and disgusting. Like, like I watched that movie. Me and Nikki watched that movie like last week. Right. I mean, I've seen it a million times, but every yeah. time you watch it, it's it's just. It's a filthy movie. It's just gritty and just yeah. just the way it's filmed and there's nothing. It's very simple. It's not even bloody. People think no. that it's gory. It's not. No. There's like, at the, at the end, like Leatherface gets his leg cut from the chainsaw and the guy cuts his hand with the with the, the razor, razor blade. But other than that, like, like it's all, um, like, what's the word? Implied. Implied. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the girl gets hung on the meter, but you don't see her getting... Right. Uh, yeah. Circumstantial evidence. <laughs> Inside baseball over here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's implied, like, the girl gets hung on at the meat hook, but you don't see it. Right. But you see the force and, like, her body makes a certain move, and it's like, you think you saw it, but you didn't. Well, that's why... Right. That's right. why, you know, people, the movie that was a book first, everyone's like, oh, the movie is better because your mind is always going to be more creative and, and dingier than anything that can be put on film. So if you can imply some type of horrific thing and your mind is filling in the blanks with something that's way greater than oh, what yeah. you've seen. Oh, without I mean, a doubt. it goes back to, you know, uh, Hitchcock with Psycho and just seeing that shadow of the, of the knife coming down into the girl in the shower and everyone's like, oh, my God, it was yeah. one of those craziest things. Like, you don't see anything. You don't see nothing. You hear that music and it's the implied yeah. part Did of you it. see Mid- Summer? No. You didn't see Midsummer? Did you see Hereditary? No. Dude, watch them both. I was, was going to get new into movies it. or something? Hereditary is a couple years old. The guy's name is Ari Aster. He's a young guy, 30 something years old. Midsummer is his first movie? No. Hereditary is his first one. Midsummer is his second one. I don't get rattled or bothered by really anything because I'm so you know from six years old I'm watching Charles Manson and and all this crazy shit I spit on your grave I spit on your grave (laughs) brutal but when I watched Hereditary with Nikki we sat there dumbfounded for two hours and then when it was over we both agreed because she's the same like me we don't get offended we don't get we don't get weirded out when it was over we looked at each other and and legit we didn't like the way we felt. Wow. Like, I didn't like the way I felt, bro. Feel it dirty. Was, it was... I felt uneasy. Ooh. And I had to stop and, like, kind of wrap my head around everything that I had just witnessed. Because it's crazy. The way wow. he... That's saying something. It's saying something. Because I, I always say it's like, I liked it, but I don't like it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's yeah. something about it. And Midsummer is the same way. 
Okay. It's, you would never think, because you would think horror movies and dark, weird movies, they're all very dimly lit, a lot of darkness. And Midsummer takes place during the summer solstice in, like, Sweden. It's bright as shit. Mm. And for things to go batshit crazy and completely off the rails in that kind of thing, it's it's very weird. Right. And but the way he pulls it off like crazy, it's disturbing shit. I'm on it. You watch that. I'm not a big movie guy anymore. Um, Whenever you have, just but when, I, whenever. I'll put that on my list. I'm now I'm just everything's books and documentaries. Like the movies now being made. I don't know. I don't know if it's just I'm desensitized. Yeah. Or no. You absolutely. just live long enough and you see the same thing over and over again. I'm sure. It's tough to get open nowadays to well, movies, which I hate. Same I wish, here. I wish there was more product out there. Same here, but like those two, like I can't wait to see what this guy puts out next. That's great. That's and rare. he's a young dude, and he's brilliant. And everything within the movies, it's very, I can't explain it, but you should watch it. Everybody who's listening to me babble on about it, <laughs> watch it. It's so good. Like you know, the band Dundeal, it's on the list. Like the band Dundeal. Yeah. Well, they're not a band anymore, but I they know, have I like know. six EPs out, so it's yeah. like, you know, 50 songs. About 20 minutes and all the songs will be done <laughs> because they're like, you know, 32 seconds long. We've got a box set, but it's on one CD. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but it's great, though. And all yeah. of it sounds like, like... It was it was recorded in like a garage in 1983. Yes. It's just it's an old gritty negative approach, old school. No bells, whistles, no nothing. It's great. That's why I think like the new the new hardcore stuff. It's it, it's kind of tough for our generation possibly because it's, it's almost too clean. Yeah, yeah. We're, just like the old New York and what we have yeah, now. It's, it's, not not, it's just now it's not ours. So when when people say oh the new set it's nothing, it was like well it's just we're just used to something else and right. the stuff we grew up in muddy, dirty. I mean yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's for someone else. Yeah, and, and it's like, nothing wrong with that. The kids nowadays are into these new bands, but they're getting that same feeling as I did when I first saw Sick of It All in 1990. You know what right. I mean? Like, that's 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 their version of it. I can't hate on that. Right. You know? No, no. You know, if you like it, have at it and enjoy it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know? It's like you were saying, like, you didn't see anything, like, with, like, Psycho. You know, you didn't see the knife actually ever right you know but it's like we were just watching like The Shining which I think is it's brilliant yes and Kubrick is an insane genius and it's like certain things that are subliminal it's like when he's when he's first starting to, to axe down the door right they went through like 60 something doors <laughs> to actually get it right because Kubrick was nuts yeah so it was like 60 different doors and it's something that you don't notice but then someone pointed it out to me and then next time I saw it I noticed it it's like in order to make the feeling and everything that much more powerful if you notice the camera goes back and forth oh. with the swing of Jack Nicholson's axe it'll give you that equilibrium so, so it gives you that the axe is heavier and it's more impactful it just right. gives you that it's brilliant yes so it's like little things like that and that's what made me think of Midsummer and Hereditary okay yeah it's all implied and it's just it's brilliant yeah Brilliant shit, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's he's a true artist in the highest fashion. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. And um but yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh it's good to see the appreciation from you know music and and film and 
love and spoken word and having conversations. Uh, yeah. you're, you're doing you're doing good things. And Thanks, man. Can't give you enough uh, props for that. Well, you know, it's and I've said it several times on here. It's like I could do it with I I could do this with so many people that I would love to have on over the phone tonight. Right. I won't do it. I won't do it. I don't care who it is. I really don't care who it is. Like, I, I freaking messaged Mike Tyson, I told you, a hundred times, waiting for him to be like, nah, man, I'm too busy smoking pot. You know yeah. what I mean? But I try. And if he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'll do it, but, you know, can we do it over... No, I won't do it over the phone with you. is a horrible... I'm not I mean, even the cleanest of audio, I mean, you lose so much depth on and that. And there's something different. Like, like I'm not... You know, I can't see you. I'm not having... You know, you, right. you know I'm sitting down, I'm eating buttered rolls, and we're having <laughs> coffee, and, like, you know what I mean? I'm eating stewed tomatoes guy? out of a can over there. He's going to be on one one day, and he's just going to be like, yeah, man, come over. And you're just going to get in your car and go. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, up, I'm up in uh, Canada. I'm, I'm on a flight. Yeah, right. Let's like, do it. Let's go. Right. I, yeah. I, I, so so the, 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 it's it's lost, I think. Like so many podcasts, which podcasts that I actually like, they do the whole phone thing. Yes, I get Skype. it. Yeah. I get it. I, and I don't hate on it. That's what you do, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, people don't like maybe that there's background noise. And that's fine, too. Right. You know what I mean? It's just up to you what your preference but is. But I, I like the, the human... You know, contact. Right. You know, normal conversation, face to face shit. Instead of you. being so lost on the phone, I do enough on my phone with promoting it that I don't need to do the actual thing on my phone either. You right. know what I mean? It's just, it's just, you know, whatever. Yeah, without podcasts, we do it at my buddy's house, and he'll uh, cook and uh, you know provide drinks and all that for the guests before. That's and great. So we'll chop it up. He'll cook, and so we'll we'll eat like a regular, you know, like a family eating dinner. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, you're ready to go. So it's like a good softening up. Yeah, you and can build like a rapport. Yeah, if we haven't met them before in a lot. Right. Most of we have, but most we haven't too. So yeah, yeah it's a good way. And it breaks down the sterile of okay, I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to answer. Yeah, me, it's like you know? being interrogated. Yes, yes. I'm not interrogating nobody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you? Good enough. Yeah. Do you want to divulge into any of that or no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I was saying uh, before, I worked um, NYPD before coming out to LA, A3 um, precinct in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and all that, which has completely changed. I haven't been back to Bushwick oh, since I left. But to, to, well, um, you could be like Saturday night at two o'clock in the morning. You'll see like skinny white people walking around with little shorts on, like safe. Yeah, not not like old New York. I can't I uh, can't imagine it. Was, uh, oh, it's was a whole deal. <laughs> there was there was some good movies that were filmed. The French Connect goes back. Everything yeah. goes back for me. The French Connection was filmed in Bushwick and yeah. Wyckoff Hospital and all that. Um, so yeah, so I worked at NYPD for a cup of coffee, then went out to LA. Always always had that draw to the West Coast. You know, some movies, music, crime. Manson, you know, yeah. which Manson Wonderland murders. Yeah, I, I do you worked. know where that is? You have a where is that place located? I Wonderland's a street. Yeah. I know Wonderland's a street up in uh, off of Laurel Canyon. I and worked. there's but the building where all that shit happened. Yeah, it's still there. I mean, it's it's still crispy there. It's, the attorney uh, for one of the people live in that apartment where all that went down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be. I want to go inside. I want to see that. Yes. Yes. Crazy. I forgot to tell you about yeah. that. I just did an 11 week trial, and one of the defense attorneys for one of the killers on the Wonderland case is still working. And he just defended one of my guys on the case. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
I am sorry. Yeah, you said climbing and Wonderland. The precinct that covers that area is called Hollywood Division. Okay. I've worked at like three different times now in different capacities. So, I mean, talk about a, a treasure trove of locations. Uh, or, you know, not, not alone just filming locations, but, you know, gnarly locations like the Wonderland, which they, was originally called uh, Four on the Floor, the Four on the Floor case. So four on the Floor, that's four right. Four bodies, which is great. I mean, yes. if you're a drummer and interested in music, like Four on the Floor, that's, yeah. that's genius, you know? Yeah. And um, one of the detectives that handled that case, I think he just finally came out with a book, uh, Tom Lang, he actually did the um, OJ. He was one of the lead investigators on the OJ uh, Homicide, and he was one of the main guys at, on the Wonderland thing. Wow. So uh, I haven't read that book, but I, uh, I haven't read it look either. into that Four on the Floor. Yeah, but and the uh, movie Wonderland was great. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, it captured, uh, kind of captured that era. Yeah. You know? uh, so yeah, so I mean, from reading about Manson and uh, interviewing guys from it, and then you know walking through the same thing and investigating those same type of people, you know, it was just it was just a natural progression for me. Yeah. You know, you know running around the streets of Queens. You know, uh, the police department became like a surrogate, you know, family. Yeah. It was the brothers I never had. Right. Now I got them. Right. And doing the same thing just, uh, you know, people say, oh, yeah, the police department's just another gang. Like, so, yeah, it's, it's a tribe. Right. But it depends on what kind of tribe you do. You want a tribe to do something good or you want to have a tribe of, you know, idiots doing bad things. Right. You know, same thing in the music scene. Right. You know, it's just a group of people with common interests, and you could use it to whatever, a drug scene, or you want to make things better and go like the minor threat route and, you right. know, have a different way of operating in life. Right. And, you know, that's that's how I, that's where my tribe was. So yeah. Grew up, you know, growing up in New York City, seeing how it, you know, went from, you know, decent to horrible. I just wanted to be, I was always taught, you know, be part of the, if there's a problem, be part of the solution or don't, don't bitch about it at all. So yeah. that's, I took up the mantle of, hey, let's make a difference and let's, you know, let's uh, put a dent in the other tribe. Right. And, you know, it was always just business. Yeah. You know, the rap where law enforcement gets is when you make things personal, you know, pull over sewing or whatever, you have some kind of interaction and you get that ego involved right. and now you're trying to fuck that person over or, or do him dirty like it's no big thing you know it's taught by guys like hey the guy's a criminal he's gonna be out there tomorrow you don't get him today we'll get him next week get right. him next month it's not personal it was like the old mob stuff like mob never whacked a cop and vice versa like hey just unspoken they're like hey okay you're on the crime side I'm on the police side and you know we're gentlemen we could sit here and have coffee like in the uh, movie Heat like in we, Heat we have a lot we probably have more in it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant scene yeah, it's like you have more in common, and I tell people you have more in common with the enemy than you don't have in common. Sure. You know, that one thing is a huge thing that's not in common, but look beyond that right. in life with people. You know, it doesn't have to be criminal. Just anyone that you think, oh, I hate this guy or hate these type of people. Right. You know, the whole thing with, like, you know, the Jews and the Palestinians, they break down. They have so much in common. Oh, yeah, oh, ridiculous. You know, Northern Ireland, you know, Ireland with the Protestants and Catholics, like, all right, take out that one thing. Yeah. You guys are... It's same. It's the same. You're in the same tribe. Yeah. So look, find the commonalities in yeah. life, and take out the you know the the, the divide.
fighting thing that's obvious yeah. and get through that. Same thing with the police department and, you know, hardcore scene, punk rock scene. Now as we're getting older, we you know that chip off the shoulder has changed and yeah. you move past that and now... It's like, dude, you know, you're really still mad at shit? Like, like, since you were, like, 17, you're, like, 45 and you're still mad at, like, the same shit? Like, grow yeah. up, dude. Like, you know, like, stop. Like, do you grow up? Of course you yeah. do. I don't have that chip on my shoulder anymore. I'm just easy, happy, golden, whatever. I'm just laid back. Like, whatever. You got issues? All right, I don't have issues. Keep when it I, moving. Yeah. When I try to tell my guys, like, when someone's screaming on you or whatever interaction, I said, in reality, I had something, some kind of authority figure, prop, more than likely their parents. Yeah. And you're just that symbol of authority. Of course. That's telling them what to do and having that flashback to when they were a kid. Yeah. And they're, they're pushing back at you. Like, they don't know who the hell you are. Right. They don't know your family. You're just a regular guy. Yeah. And so don't take that shit personal. Just water off the bridge and, and just keep it moving. Yeah. And uh, that's how I was always approached things in life. I was fortunate that my father had, you know, friends and kind of just from osmosis, just learning from him. He had friends from all over the spectrum, you know, uh, cops, politicians, you know, all the way up, uh, you know, Hells Angels, whatever whatever was going on in New York City. Those people who were movers and shakers from underground or above ground, literally. Yeah. Uh, we interacted with, he knew them, and they were friends with. So that's how I am now. Yeah. I know people from top to bottom, and they know what I do, I know what they do, and we focus on the, the common interests. Right. And instead of, you know, the obvious uh, Yeah, you're not, things. yeah, you're not RoboCop. Yeah. It's like, you're you know, just like, you're not murdering people, you're not you know, trying to, you know, bomb something or whatever, or right. raping your kid. Have, right. I don't care about, you know, you smoke weed or doing a line or whatever. It's like, yeah, do it's what you got to do as long as it doesn't uh, affect, you know, someone in a negative way. Right. You know? Yeah. And um, that's what's kind of cool with the music scene is you have people from all across the spectrum. But, you know, back then it was a strict dividing lines. Oh, of, hell yeah. What? This guy does this? What are you hanging out with those guys for? And, you know. It's childish, dude. But it, it, I it, find it, it to be childish it, in a way. In the punk and aggressive music scene, um, you just, um, it, it was less of that because they had that bound. It wasn't that boundary of the band and the fans. Right. And so I think that kind of uh, molds toward um, personalities as well as, you know, just was talking to Roger from AF, you know, one of his uh, best guys uh, that he grew up with and that was in the scene was one of my, you know, good buddies and, you know, opposing forces on paper, but in, re- in real life... It, right, <laughs> right, on paper right it's different. Man, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just a completely different thing. And that's cool, man. I mean, how long, how long have you been out How long have you been out in L.A. for? I, land, I checked in out there in 96. Okay. And then I moved back to New York in 2000. Um, okay. And then moved back out there in 2004 or so. All so right. Did a couple so of like stints. 14, 15 years now again. Yeah. Right? Wow, it's so crazy. Like, 2004 is like 15 years ago. Yeah. It's so crazy, man. Yeah. It's just time's fucking flying. It, it, when, yeah, I hear that a lot. Time flies, and I try to make it not fly. Cause yeah. I learned um, the reason why it flies is if you don't have... Uh, spikes in your timeline of things that you've accomplished or things that something extraordinary or things different paths you've taken that means if if things are flying things are going to the smooth and you're not shaking it up right so shake it up and make it where you have definitive moments where time's standing still yeah Um, you know as as we're in middle age guys now and you start you know know, posting 
Yeah. So hosting's not good. No. Um, I'm always all I try shake to that shit I up. try to shake shit up. Yeah. yeah, but like obviously not in a negative way. I try to do as much as I can. You know, I have as much fun as I can. Obviously, you know, I have a daughter, so I'm responsible. I go to work. Yep. So I mean I go to work, I make sure everything is all good, and I do my fun shit. We try to get away as much as possible. I try to do cool shit, different shit. Yes. You know, I mean, listen. It's so hacky, but listen, you only live once and time fucking flies. Yeah. And it's weird because when I had, had Gore-Tex on, Lord Goat, when I had yeah. him on, he was talking about it. He was like, ever since like 9-11, it seems like, for me at least, and I kind of agree with him, I, I'm going to butcher what he, say, what he said, but it's something about from, from that time frame on, it's like, I can't believe it's been that long already. And it's like... I don't know why, but it seems like before 9-11, things seemed like it was didn't go as fast. And I don't even know exactly what I'm trying to say or even how I put my finger on it. Right. But I understand there's a certain thing that since 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 9-11 on, it just seems like time has flown so much faster, and I don't know why. Right. Does that make any sense whatsoever? No, I know. It, it's just... Um well, when you're in your teens and 20s, you're doing things for the first time. The first time you get laid. Right. You know, the first time you have a, you know, a fist fight. Right. You know, you graduated. There's a lot of firsts. Yeah. So that's what I was saying, to shake things up. Of course, once you get into your 20s, 30s, you have your career, you kind of set. Yeah. You have your kid, and then, okay, this is the way things are supposed to be. you got to start creating those firsts. Right. You know, hey, first, hey, first time I started my own podcast. Right. First time doing your business. I mean, yeah. keep those firsts going. Yeah. That's man. huge, because then that'll... That breaks that up. Yeah. You're not coasting anymore. Right. And so it's, yeah, yeah, being comfortable is not good in life. No. You, discomfort, you want to welcome that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So take chances with jobs. I mean, freaking Danny, we keep going back to Danny Boy. It's like, yeah, I mean, biggest chance in the world of throwing things out. Yeah, evolve. You gotta... He's involved with so much shit. He's he's on the road. He's doing this. He's doing... Like, there's another thing. He's doing the the gas station or something. He's involved with... Yeah. Are they doing the the DS gas station from the outside, which is... I don't know how far that is from from the house, but it's gotta be right in the area. Yeah. You know? Start... Projects and doing things and doing good shit. You know what I mean? Create controlled chaos in your life. There you go. I mean, if you're in a shit job and miserable... Fuck it, move on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You get, might be, you know, tough financially or whatever, but take those risks. You have to. And yeah, take the chances. Without or else you look back, you're like, oh shit, the last thirty years. I mean, just been doing the same thing I was doing thirty years ago. Yeah. You know, move. You know, you don't like where you live. Fuck it. You know, get something place smaller somewhere else. Yeah. And and you know, create those uh, break up that timeline. Yeah. That's my biggest totally, you know, totally thing of advice I can give to people. I think that's great advice. I agree a thousand percent, man. Like you got to fucking, you got to do shit, man. And you have to keep it interesting. Most you know, life is boring. Like I can't just friggin' every single day do the same routine. Like, like I had a job for like eight years. I worked in a school. It was a good job. Right. I had benefits and all that. But then after a while, I got so comfortable, and it was the same routine every day. Right. It's like I literally started at one end and did the same routine every day at work. Right. I wanted to hang myself in the boiler. It's right. like, I got to get out of here. And then I've realized I'm starting to get, for no reason whatsoever, I'm starting to be like a little bit of a dick to people. Yeah, and that's depression. not me. Yeah. It's just not me. I'm just, I'm just miserable there. Yes. It's like, I don't want no one near me. 
yeah. because it, and and it just started to seep out like that. And Nikki knows it was like it was like right before I, I was I was almost had this job. Like there was a little bit of a time frame. And there was a little bit of wait, and there was certain things that had to be done. But I was still had my other job, and this was in the works, and and just the anticipation that I could be almost out of here with something really good. It would just make me even more snappy. You right. know what I mean? Which wasn't cool because it's just not me. Like, right. you know, it's not me. Not, not anymore. No. 18 years old, I was raging all over the place for for no reason whatsoever. Right. You we know? all were, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, but man. It's that, um, it, you know, it's like a form of depression. I mean, you just suck in a rut. And yeah. you don't like it. I mean, man, we need challenges. We need, uh, you know, we need to persevere through conflict and problems. And yeah. that's what makes you better. Yeah. Uh, so you, ha- you have to find that outlet. And when you find yourself, um, or if, more importantly, if you see your friends going through it, a family, you get you got to let them know. So we get stuck in that bubble. Yeah. Of, and you just start spiraling. And then you see it, you know, from online. I mean, it's the reason why people don't really care about, you know, present this and that. No. It's like they have something going on in life that they're, you know, that's they're, they're pissed off internally at something, right. and they're just rallying against whatever right. the flavor of the day is out right. there. Yeah. So because it's gotta, so easy to sit there and just start smashing into your phone words, right? You know, so it's yeah. So when you find yourself, you got to look deep within, like what's causing that? What's the symptom? Yeah. You know, school shootings. It's not the gun. It's it's the kids. Something's going on with the family. Yeah. Something's going on mentally. Oh, without and a that, doubt. That's just the end game at the end of just you know the, what happens as a result of that. Right. And it's, you know, same thing with crime. I mean, it's just it, it starts it starts within. Yeah. And that's where you have to diagnose the problem. Right. And that's that's why music and outlets like this, podcast and meeting people and. You know, getting out there and, and challenging yourself and yeah. challenging others, so important. Yeah. So important. Without a doubt. But, yeah, so. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah, I don't want to feel like I'm preaching at all. No, yeah, I don't think I, you're I, preaching. I'm just saying it's just things that I've I've felt in life. Yeah. When you feel when you're in those uncomfortable situations, you're angry and you just you yeah you're just having those outbursts and just being a dick. Yeah, just being a dick for no reason. Yeah. And I would even tell like I'd be on the phone with Nikki and I'd just be like. You know, I'm snapping, and I don't know why. Like, and it's just not me. It's just fucked up. It's just yeah. fucked up. Like, and I'm usually not like this, but I'm snapping on people. Yeah, I mean, you know, Stacey, you would know, like, I'll, I'll tell her. So she has a stressful job, like I do. So her house is way more stressful than like if she's snapping. Yeah, well, you I'll, do. I just have a picture in my head of what you do. It's just batshit crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll physically, to you. I'll physically just hold it by the shoulders. I'm like, it's okay. It's me. I'm like. It's it's okay, you know. I, yeah. I know whatever it is, it's probably you know, it's not me. And like, we'll get through it. It's okay. Yeah. And um, put it aside, and let's work together. Yeah. And that's what you have to, you know, do with people. You can't physically grab them and all that, like your loved one and all that. Right. But make that connection of just uh, being empathetic when someone meet you meet someone on the street or waitress and all that. Just look beyond that one interaction and know there's something that's causing that. And it's, right. it's, nine times out of ten, it's not you. Right. So don't don't take it don't take it personal. Right. So that's it. Yeah. This is the stifle the emotions. I said, this is the stifle the emotions. Uh-huh. Oh, I hear that all the time. Yes, why don't you relax? Well, why don't you relax? I think, think you relax. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. These shoulders come in the ears. I tell people in the history of relaxation, nine times out of ten when you tell someone to relax, they never relax. No, In never. fact, they ramp it up. Yes, they do. So because now, now I'm, already, I'm already in the red, and now you're telling me what to do, and it ain't happening. Jimmy, yeah. relax. I'm fucking relaxed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. 
But and then as you're saying to you, are yelling now. Yeah, and so then it becomes a complete not a shit show. Smooth tone. See, Settle right. down. Yeah, simmer down. Simmer down. Yeah. Relax yourself. It's okay. I love you. It's just me. I'm not here to hurt you. Right. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. What could I do to make things better today for you? Right. Just don't yell at me. Yes. Right. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm half deaf, but I'm not 100% deaf. Exactly. And I'm not your child, yeah. so relax yourself. <laughs> I act childish, but I'm not a child. Exactly. I do childish <laughs> things, but I'm not a child. Yes. Still, yeah. I'm 44. I still do things like a child. Yes. Yeah, we're just, you know, we're kids in men's bodies. Listen, man, I'm watching hand metal videos and <laughs> jumping on my friends at hardcore shows. It's like... Yeah. I did that shit when I was 18. I'm 45. Right. Screaming is no factor. Right. Like, oh, he's already deaf. He doesn't yeah. know I'm yelling. Without a doubt. Like, it's awesome. Fantastic. You just, I just have to change the expression. If I just looked sweet while I was doing it, he would never know. It's a lost art. But not doing that part in Hollywood, if I got a little less here or there, I, I could really pull some shit off. But I'm not doing that part. No. Why not? The face matches the, what's happening. Right. But it's important, you know, people talk about, oh, you got to, you know, be mature, maturity and all that. And, and maturity is overrated. But you have to take the essence of what what's so great about being a kid is uh, staying curious in life. Oh, you know, that's curiosity. Yeah. That's where, you know, Delta Bravo comes in. Big time. Of, of chasing that, like, when we were kids, you know, that stand by me shit. You know, ch- chasing that that, that, bar- that treasure. Yeah. People lose that spark. Yeah. They, they, like you say, it goes back to being comfortable. You have to find that, that treasure in your life. Be yeah. curious. Keep, you know, going, going, you know, wanting to learn, wanting to yeah. experience things. You know, don't, you know, that I got two kids, I got a wife, I got a job, I'm done. Like, that, not even close. No, not even close. That's, that's just the beginning. Bro. Yeah. It's yeah. like back to like, like little things. Like, I felt like a kid. Like, shout out to Joe Schellinger. Mr. Like, Chops. Yes, Mr. Chops. He... He asked me for my, this was a while ago, like last year or something, he asked me for my address. He's like, you know, I got a couple of Delta Bravo Philly stickers for you. I'm like, awesome. So I get my address. A few days later, I get this box, this heavy-ass box. I'm like, how many stickers did this guy send me? You know what I mean? So I open it, and there's a few stickers, a couple of things here and there, and then there's something wrapped up with a note. And I pull out, and it's a brick. Right. With a Philly Delta Bravo sticker on it with a note saying that he only has four of them, but he's going to give one to me because he knows I'm a huge fan. Yes. And it was a brick from the pet store from Rocky where he met Adrian and bought Buckus and stuff. Yeah. They demolished that actual location. And he went by there, and he grabbed a few bricks, and he mailed me one. It would have been great if he mailed you two turtles, too. Yo. Right? Cuff co- yo, Cuff and Link is still alive. <laughs> really? really? Yes. He sent me a brick, and I was like, this is one, I was like, no doubt, this is one of the greatest things that I've, someone's ever given me. Like, one of the most original. One of the most original things, and like... It's a part of the pet store from Rocky. Like, it's just cool to One me. One of the illest things ever. Yeah. One of the greatest things ever. So scary. shout out to him. Put that on your mantle. Oh, it's it's, like, it's on me. It's in my case. Right. Yeah. What's that story? Right. Like that's not like a tchotchke or no. China or no. It's a brick a from brain. Rocky. Yeah. That's like a brick, and it's like, what's that? Yeah. It's awesome. That's a story. That is a. You got to get Danny to give you an outsider's brick when you go out there. 
from the from the original pile of bricks that was kind of like was kind of like uh, it was like the stoop. Yeah, it was kind of like the Danzig house. Like, did you ever see the Danzig house um, online? Glenn Danzig used to live I, in his house I in, think a, so. in the yeah. outskirts of Hollywood, and he had all these piles of bricks. Just you know, a typical ramshackle house, and right. for some reason, there's always bricks in front of a you know a house that's in disrepair. Yeah. And same for the outsider's house, and Danny took you know chopped it up with one you know the previous tenants and grabbed some bricks. Really? So we'll work on you trying to get a brick from, uh, one from of the original the, from, the original from the original house. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, so brick is a theme in uh, Delta Bravo for sure. Yeah, it's so. like I'm in Blastown, New Jersey, like where they first, where they film like the opening scenes of the first Friday the Thirteenth. And Annie, the girl who gets killed, she's like right in the beginning, and she's walking through the arches on Main Street. Right. So I go there. We go there. We've been there several times. Yeah. So I look, and there's the arches, and there's like a, a piece of concrete that's like half. You know, if I just give it a little nudge, it'll come on. So. <laughs> So I just took it now, and that's like right next to my Delta Bravo brick. It's like a piece from the arches from Friday 13th, like stupid shit. I have a chip of paint from Al Capone's cell from Eastern State Penitentiary. Nice. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's not big. It's maybe like, you know. That's all you need. The size of like a pat of butter, you know, something yeah. like that. But what is that? Oh, it's, it's from Al Capone's cell from Eastern State Penitentiary in Philly. Yeah. You know, cool shit like that. Originally a Brooklyn guy. Originally a you Brooklyn know? guy. A lot of people Chicago. don't know that, right? Yeah. Some Chicago people uh, lay claim, but it's uh, Al that's was. Right. Uh, well, that's when he went over there and started running he's shit. Yeah, but, he's, he, but he learned how to run it from him. Brooklyn. Right. Yeah, we, from he's Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, but he learned what he knew. Town Stacy. Yeah. He's yeah. our people too. I'm just saying. <laughs> Where he made his bones in the <laughs> exactly in Brooklyn with a volcano, as Joe Bananas used to call it. Joe Bananas. Don't get that no more. Fun, fun city and the volcano. Right. That was you know old New York terms of yeah. how crazy it was out here. Fun right. city derisive. It was a hellhole. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and, and crazy. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I always love that one. Yeah, come to Fun City. Yeah. Know? And then the volcano, which is this place erupted so easily. First tattoo yeah. I ever, or well, second tattoo I ever got was Fun City Tattoo. It was down on St. Mark's in, in the city. Oh, shit. Yeah, Fun City Tattoo. Damn. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a great one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's going deep. It is. That's going deep. It's good shit. But yeah. It all comes back to Brooklyn. You know? It does. Love it. Never taking shorts because Brooklyn's the borough. <laughs> and Queens was always under the radar. Always. You know? Yeah. It was a, like Brooklyn's um, little, a stepbrother or something, yes. you know? Yeah. What should I like that? I'm like, you know what? Brooklyn wants to take the spotlight. A lot of history in Queens. A lot yeah. of history. A lot of New York hardcore bands came out of Queens big time. Hell yeah. Jackson Heights, Astoria. I mean, Alleyway crew. Alleyway. Yeah. I'm sick of it all to Jimmy G. To yeah. Murphy's Law. I mean, so many bands. Yeah. But, yeah. That's why I like about it. it was like all right, you know, we had the hip hop thing, yeah, and then, you know, the hardcore thing. But Brooklyn was always Brooklyn, USA. You know, like every war movie you'd see from World War II on, it was always the wise, the wise ass New Yorker, sarcastic, <laughs> yeah, you know, guy, you know, want to smash on people. Hey, yeah. from Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. Right, well, when cool. I was in the service, when I was in boot camp, like I caught so much shit. Oh I yeah. caught so much shit. My last name is Ferrari, and I'm from oh, Brooklyn. Oh God, yeah. I'm Sonified. in San Antonio. It was crazy. <laughs> and then everyone would say, "Say coffee." Oh. Uh, Coffee, all that, all that. But but then, like, because of my last name, it's like, you know, with a last name like Ferrari, you sure do move pretty fucking slow and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and he'll ask me, you know, like, like where are you from? And me being a Brooklyn idiot when right. I was 20 when I went in, it's like, I can't just say New York, you know? Yeah. 
Brooklyn, New York, so I yeah. have to always say that, and then I yeah. get shit for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. It's great. It's going. The military, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mad, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it was the I'm, same friend, thing. I'm friends with my old drill instructor on Facebook now. It's weird. No shit. Oh, yeah, it's weird, man. Did you, hate, did you want to Did you want to kill him? The first, the first week and a half, of course, he's an yeah. asshole because he's That's doing his job, job properly, yeah. of course. But then after that, he was one of the coolest drill instructors. He was cool. Yeah. And I'm friends with him. It's weird. We talk back and forth. It's just Goes weird. Goes back to social media. How that, else would you be able to talk to the old DI? Right. No. That's a great reason. That's but a, when he got that friend request, he was like, uh, yeah. I should look. Yeah. Right. He's coming for me. Uh, right. right. Yeah, but it was weird because he's, he, he was, he was uh, you know, an instructor for so long. I was like, he's not going to remember me. Right. You know, but of course he probably didn't. But then I, I messaged him and I, I gave him a certain period of time. Like something major happened, like within the drill instructors. Right, a milestone. Yeah, and I was like, well, I remember that this, this, this didn't happen. Somebody might have killed themselves. Oh yeah. Another drill, and he was like, I know exactly, blah blah blah. And then he, okay, all right. Yeah. And then now I know. All right, now I get it. Yeah. Just to kind of narrow it down of yeah. who I want. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean that, that that's a good thing about social media. Yeah. You know, but all the other stuff you can keep. You know, <laughs> all the back and forth nonsense. Yeah. I was in junior high school. Once already, I don't have time for the playground yeah. nonsense. Thank God that shit's over with. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I hated school with a passion. Oh, man. so did I. So One of the best days of my life was graduating from high school. It was like no one could ever tell me what to fucking do ever again. Right. I'm like, I'm out of here. See, I got my GED, but I was an idiot. I waited until senior year to take my GED. I just wasted so much time. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I'm like, I have like freshman. I got one more class left. So yeah, no, I'm leaving. I'm yeah, taking I have my not GED. had like freshman credits because I mean, I would just, I, I just from like sophomore year, I would just cut out of school. And make right. sure I was home and to catch all my cut cards. And then there was the phone call that you would get. If you didn't go to homeroom, you get the recording. Yes. So I would make sure that I was home around that time. And I would pick up the phone and just, like, bullshit like it's the wrong number. Or, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I'm about to eat dinner, blah, blah, until it was done. Because if you hung up in the middle of the recording, your yes. phone would automatically ring again. Yes. So there's something yeah. fishy going on. My mother's saying, what are you doing? And, they, and it was a certain time. It was, it was like they, It was somewhere like around five, 7 like, o'clock in. For me, yeah. So we were at seven, seven thirty. I remember Jeopardy was always on. That phone would ring. Oh, I'd pick it up. Seven o'clock was Jeopardy. Yeah, seven to seven thirty. Yeah, it was around Jeopardy time when the recording would call. Man. Yeah. And if you, you know, like if your parents would buy that phone and you're looking at it, I mean, right. it was like impending doom. Like right. you got to grab it, but not make it look too obvious. Right. You know. Yeah. Don't get it on the first ring. You know? No. Oh, oh, I got it. I yeah. got it. It's all right. You know. If my, my, my mother would be cool. And we just we just didn't want my stepfather to get it. My mother would be like, all right, she, she'd call me an asshole, Jim, fucking go to school, stop being an asshole. Smart enough. Smart enough. Be such an asshole, you jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, yeah, I was too preoccupied with yeah, the music too. and I, yeah. bands. You know. I was busy smoking pot and drinking beers on the corner, running yeah. for... Seven Manhattans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we started drinking early by me, but we weren't into drinking drink. It was like right. having one or two cocktails. Right. Um, which I, I would tell her, we had two different, you know, childhoods. Right. Coming into the city, you know, like where we are now at 12, 13, coming down to the Deuce, 42nd Street. Yeah. And going into the Marriott Marquis, saving up for a week and having uh, like a $15 whiskey sour and exploring hotels. We like, for some reason, we're like into just roaming through buildings and, you know, it all goes back to, you know, it's 
was like a bodega and buy fucking 40 ounces. No, for some reason, no, I was into, like, mixed drinks. So somehow I got a, a book of, like, old cocktails. Like, now it's funny that all this shit is hip now. <laughs> yeah. You know, all these old uh, artisanal drinks and all that. But, you know, back in the 80s, uh, you, uh, a kid going into the Marriott Marquis and asking for a whiskey sour or a rusty nail or whatever, and it, they, they wouldn't bat an eye. I don't know how they did it, but it was just, that's how it was back then. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we hear, you know, 12, 13-year-old kids, and then you, you know, segue from that and go into, uh, you know, the porno theaters or, you know, the, the fucking nude, nudie booths and oh, all yeah. that. And well, the peep great. show shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Peep show stuff. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. It's um, but you know, drugs on every... Like, I remember just walking through and just, like, from one corner to the other, people would just be... Asking you for all, you know, you need this, you need that, you need that. Like, I could have got 15 different drugs in a two-block radius. Yeah, smoke, smoke, smoke. You got smoke, the, you smoke, know. smoke. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, it was great. It I mean, was great. Uh, I'll never forget, we went to this one theater and we were fucking around uh, in a porno theater. We see this one guy at like a chopping, like a like a butcher block thing, and he was chopping lines. Of course And we was. walk in and he's like, he just looks at us like, hey guys, you want some? I'm like, no, no, we're cool. Yeah. Like, it was like the first time seeing Coke yeah. like, in that fashion. Yeah. And uh, like, wow, this fucking guy's chopping lines right there. Not a care in the world. And then, so we started, you know, fucking around. You know, after like five minutes, all right, you would see tits on the screen, no all big right. deal. We started moving like the shade, like the, the curtain um, in front of the, the screen by the projection booth right. and uh, the guy was pushing it back and forth and you know so you, you see him screen you know get dark and right. like, and uh, this one black guy just walks up to us and as he's walking out he goes hey guys you think that's funny and we're like oh shit you know, yeah. this guy's a hard rock type dude yeah. and we're like oh yeah we're sorry he goes yeah this is funny he lifts up his waistband and he had a jammy in his waistband we're like oh, oh shit and, and then he just starts laughing with his eyes got all big nice. and it's just you know New York was just beautiful yeah yeah. Just to, you know. There's a little level of fear you never knew. It was dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, so never just know. drinking whiskey sours, uh, seeing guys <laughs> chop up lines, watching uh, watching girls get fucked naked for you, you know, right. for, uh, you know, for your allowance from your paper route and all that. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. Long gone. But now, you know, I think you've talked about, you know, with, with your own daughter and all that, like. If she yeah. just said, "Oh yeah, Daddy, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just want to, I'm gonna go into the city or whatever, like rough part that's still right. around, and just venture around," you're like, "What? Yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah, no way." So what happened? Is just too much knowledge out there? Of, what, why are we like that? Man? I don't know, man. I think I don't know. I really don't know. But I know, I don't know if there's any correlation between it. But I know that because of phones and stuff, everyone's a little more paranoid. As you should be. Oh, you for sure. You didn't get back to me. Like, I texted you. Like, like back before all of this, right. I can go out. I remember I would just I would just go. I would be gone for days. But all I would do is... Um, I'm sorry. I, just, I got thrown off. I, I would go out for days on end. But I would make sure that I would just at least call my mother once. I'm all right. I'm cool. I'm just not going to be home tonight. Don't worry. So she could sleep at night. Now, it's like if you text someone and you don't get back fast enough, next thing you know, people go into panic mode. Yeah, is he pissed at me? What did I do? Right. Oh, is something wrong with her? Right. Is she in trouble? Right. So it's like you're putting your own thoughts and paranoia into something that may not be anything. Right. It's context. Context is lost. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could write, you know... 
go fuck yourself, right? But that could mean I'm really mad or bang. You know what I mean? It could right. be, mean completely something completely different. It's just now you're interpreting shit. Right. So whatever's now, going on in your mind. Right. Whatever's going on in your mind. So I think that might play a little bit into it. Like I would never like. I remember I was six years old and I went to the Canarsie movie theater and I watched a fucking horror movie, the movie Madman. I was six years old alone. I walked a block and a half up. My mother gave me like however much it was for a movie. Right. And alone. Six. In a rated R movie. Was that uh, Joe Spinell? Was that Mad Man? No, I'm that's Paul no, Maniac. Maniac. Yeah, okay. Same time frame. Yes. But um, I I can't even imagine. Like, I get nervous if I'm, in a, if I'm in a mall with my daughter and I have to go use the bathroom, like, just to go take a leak and I'll be in and out in 20 seconds. I'll always, and she's 10. And I'll be like, all right, just wait here. If anyone comes here, you scream. And I, and, but why? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why, though? Right. They're That's... light, and they're mobile, and they're easy to pick up. Right. But it's like... But... Either that or our, our parents, when we were growing up, they were just, you know, they were drunk and zooted or whatever. Right. And they were just like, hey, whatever, get out, get J- Jimmy, get out of the house. Right. And they didn't care or something. I don't know. Maybe since everyone's know. lucid now like, and they don't roll that way. danger was different in those days. Like, it was nowadays, worse. It was no, worse no, back then. Well, but it was simple. Now it's like trickery. It's on the phone. It's 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 a lie that's sent to you in some bullshit way that is is enticing to a young kid, and they think they're meeting some person that has enticed them. Right. They think they're meeting some other kid their age. It's it's all bullshit and lies it's and fails. Yeah. It's it's nonsense. And then once they're down there, it's too late. It's you know. Yeah. And they're in R. Kelly's house, and they're locked up in Chicago. Yeah. Right. And then their parents get some golden get showers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's like it's that crazy. It's like yeah. that insane. So so like getting back, it's like. Yeah, I do miss old, dangerous New York. I, yeah. I, I do miss dangerous, old-school New York, but that's just me. Do right. I want that for my daughter? No. Yeah. yeah. I don't. See, I don't have kids, so I'd be, I'm like, bring it on. Right. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, I, maybe I, I get if, it. Maybe I if I had it. a son, yeah. it would be different. Right. But I have a little girl. But you, you, we gotta, yeah. Now we got to challenge you to not find to find danger in other safer ways or right. whatever to, you know, to challenge them and, right. and inspire that, you know, um, putting them in tough situations because shit, I mean, I mean, we had, you know, our parents told us we had it easy and our kids, your kids and all that have it 20 times easier sure. of life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, that's a good thing for parents to, you know, find out what can create that discomfort in a positive way. Yeah. Not like what we were doing where, you know, where drugs and alcohol Reckless abandoned, man. Yeah. At least luckily, I was out of my mind. Yeah, luckily I didn't never went down that tree. It was my goal. It was always the police department. So I, I couldn't go down that road, not that I wanted to, but music kind of saved, saved me in that regard where I got into, you know, playing in, you know, in a band and my my basement and my friends, you know, get into, you know, metal and backing it up uh, in the crossover scene and get into Sick of It All and Pearl Mags and all that. Sure. And I would hit all those shows and check in, but I never got involved in that scene. Was, you know, always had, had a couple of jobs going on and my goal was like, I can't, I can't get involved that, you know, it was, it's weird now you know, learning about the other, other music scenes out there, the Boston scene and LA and DC, which yeah. we didn't have that really have too much access to, like the knowledge that we have now. Right. But the New York scene was always drugs. Yeah. And oh yeah, big time. So I, I couldn't hang out 
out, you know, you have a couple of loose associates in a lot, but after the show, I'm like, I'm out. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't hang out with drug addicts and guys doing, you know, felonies and a lot. So right. I listen, I go to all the shows and and and, and then punch out. Right. And the next, you know, go to work in the next few hours. Just, you yeah. know, everything always went late, you know. Uh, now it's like, shit, you go to shows now, it's like, all right, 11 o'clock, get the fuck out. Yeah. You're moving on, you know. Yeah, some places have curfews. It's crazy. We, 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 we would go out. We would leave the house at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. To go out. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, music was integral for my, you know, keeping me out of trouble. Sure. And, um, yeah, always thankful for that. And, and um, Nice. But, um, but, yeah, speaking of drinking and crazy things, here's a good one for you. Uh, I... Um, into all types of music so um, I played guitar and Les Paul okay. was you know the one who invented the Les Paul right. real guy people, you know, people don't know you know played like 50s jazz trio stuff and he used to play in the city all the time a place called like Fat Tuesdays and Irididium right. and so it was all um, jazz stuff so I was always enthralled about his story and how he invented pretty much invented the electric guitar right. so when I was like 12, 13 years 14 years old I would come into the city myself put on like I had like one tie one like dress shirt and, and jeans and I would come into the city to see him play and uh, I'll, uh, I met him once, like the first time I met him, he was doing his set. I'm the only kid there, you know, 13 years old, and everyone there is probably like 55 and above. Like, no, who's listening to jazz trios? Like, uh, two guitars and a guy playing drums with brushes yeah. and all that. Me, you know? <laughs> I'd ask my buddies, hey, with Les Paul, like, who? Get the fuck out of here with yeah. that shit. So I'm like, cool, I'll go on my own. Yeah. And then, uh, so Les Paul finishes his set. I mean, at the time, he's probably on his, you know, mid 80s or whatever. Sure. And uh, I was on like some holding. Caulfield shit going around. I remember reading Catcher in the Rye, and his drink was scotch and soda. Uh, so, okay. for what it was, first thing I order is scotch and soda. And uh, so, Les Paul gets off stage and says, Hey, sir, I'm you know, a big fan of your music and you know, guitars and all that. And he's looking at me like a nail. He like see this little kid in the club, and I tell him, I'm like, Hey, sir, I'd like to buy you a drink. He's like, What? Buy me a drink? Yeah. He's like, He's like, Shit, kid, let me buy you a drink. He's like, oh, What do you shit. want? And I said, Scotch and soda. You know, nice. like holding Caulfield. So, imagine a guy who invented electric guitar yeah. uh, buying a, a scotch. For you know a teenager, yeah, in a club in Manhattan, like that—that's unheard of. That's great. That would never happen now. I know that would never <laughs> happen. One now. of the greatest, thing, you know, little you know, milestones of my life. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's how I always operate in life. Yeah, and just uh, get out there, just you know, meeting people, you know, breaking boundaries and uh, not giving up. Just yeah. stretch, stretch the line. Yeah, you know, work in that gray area. And, and then just keep on pushing, you know? Yeah, Don't take no for an answer. Do different shit. Yes. Yeah. I always look to do different stuff, you know? It's, life shouldn't be boring. If you're bored, this You're doing something you're wrong. You're doing something wrong, man. You yes. Know? I'm very, very, very rarely bored. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always something in, something, oh, something going on in my head. Yes. So, you know... Listen, I keep on doing the same shit that, like, you know, that I did when I was younger, like I said. And it keeps you young, and it keeps you fucking... Listen, man, I'm 44. I don't feel 44, whatever that even supposed to mean. Like, whatever, you know, however you're supposed to even feel at 44. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm still in my 20s, dude. You know what same I mean? Same here. It's great. You yeah. know, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I don't eat, like, badly or anything like that. I'm not a fanatic when it comes to fitness and shit, but... 
you know, everything in moderation. Not like Nikki and Stacy. No, not like <laughs> Nikki and Stacy. You know, I don't drink anymore, and I don't do any drugs. I mean, I have my little stupid little, my little nicotine vape pen, my little like, size of like, that's all I have. And vape, it's vape, kind, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, a little fruity there, you know, but... We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Listen, that's, if that's the if that's the worst thing I'm doing, that's the best worst thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A whole lot more. You know, I haven't smoked a cigarette in over a year, so it's also working on to going from my cigarettes to I, I got rid of the cigarettes last year, September of last year, and then and then I'm slowly, maybe eventually, I'll get rid of this little vape thing. It's so my now, last little vice. Is Nikki a big influence on? on your life as far as like health and fitness and all that is it through osmosis um. I don't think so really I was always like the way I am now right um I did smoke I think my daughter was it was, it was honestly honestly it was my daughter for first and foremost and second of all just a waste of money yeah. in New York they were $13 a pack I'm smoking a, I'm smoking a pack and a half a day I'm like thinking about it I'm like Smoking crack's cheaper than cigarettes. Smoking crack is cheaper. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even getting high. <laughs> it's like, it's ridiculous. So, so like, that was... And then my daughter was like, she said something to me. She said something like, Dad, like, like legit. Like, she looked up at me and she was like, can, can, can you please stop smoking? Like, I don't, want to, I don't want you to get sick. Right. And... Wow. I mean... It's too hard. It's, yeah, man. It's like... What am I going to do? Say no? It's like my kid wants her dad to stick around for a while. Yes. You know what I mean? So, of course. You know? So, and it was like it was like a month before or something like that. She had said that. And I was like, how's this? I'll quit on your birthday. Nice. It gives me a little bit of mental preparation. Yeah, so ready. I don't fly off the handle. It was about a month and a half before. And she's like, okay. I was like, okay. Well, actually, I was in the house because we don't smoke in the house. I had the little vape pen in the house. I would smoke regular outside. So I was like, how about I just give up the smoking and then eventually I give up this. She's like, okay. She's like, the cigarettes have to go. She's like, I don't want want you to get sick. That said, I got to respect people that still smoke in the house. So shout out to people that still smoke in the house. You think the Brooklyn Brooklyn accent is long gone? (laughs) That's not even fucking... How did that happen? What year did that kick in? I don't know, man. I mean, it's like across the board, though. It is. Even if at any time, like if I'm in anywhere, like when I was still smoking, if I was in a house, even in a building, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Like smoking in the house. My first roommate was a New York roommate. You know, she would like cheat and smoke in the house. Right. And then like put her cigarette out via the sink and toss it in the trash. I'm like, you know, when I go to throw out trash, like I said, yeah. Of I'm course. Like, um, you smoked in the house, and she'd be like, she thought I was the best cop ever, and I never told her how I knew. I'm like, yeah, don't do that shit again. Right. I'm like, you're busted. And she'd be like, what happened? How do you know? And I'm like, it's in the garbage. Don't do it again. <laughs> it's in yeah. the garbage, yeah, stupid. Like, jerk job. Yeah, like, jerk job. What do you think? Like, don't ever do that shit again. And she'd be like, I don't even get high. You were at home. You were at home for the next 24 hours. You were at work, like, for two days. Like, how do you know? And I'm like... Mm-hmm. Like, cigarettes are the one like last oh, habit that like it will linger forever. Oh like, sure. If you don't throw out that trash and the trash can with it, because if you throw out that bag, oh yeah, you'll still smell it in your trash can. Absolutely. Like, like if you said, oh I quit, and then like you had like a girlfriend that lived, you know, on the other side of the continent, and she came a month later, if you didn't throw out the trash can, right? Forget it. Right. She's gonna smell it. 
it's, it's yeah. one of those last habits. It's a dirty no, habit. There's no evidence that so, you could get rid of without really getting rid of it. Right. So I'm guessing, like, indoors, it just became like you can't smoke in clubs, you can't smoke in bars. Now the house became the new club and new bar. Like, do that shit outside. Yeah, like, I guess so. But I'm, I'm in a lot of people's houses every freaking day for work. I helped run a fugitive apprehension team, so when we're blasting doors every day. Right. And every now and then, we'll come into someone that still smokes indoors. I'm like, hey, man, uh, you're all in on your vice. I respect you. Yeah, you're right. going to do it. We're going to do it. Fuck you. I'm smoking in, in right. bed. Right. I'm smoking in uh, in the living room. Oh, I remember back in the day, like, I, it was normal to smoke in the house. Right. I remember laying in bed and having an ashtray on my stomach. <laughs> it was, it was hazy. Smoker. It was, it was hazy. Yeah, like, I would just be laying there and have an ashtray on my stomach and be watching TV, smoke my cigarettes right there on the nightstand. That's a genre. This guy's a stomach smoker. He's a What's stomach that? smoker. He wakes up and he's got the ashtray in his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Like that, you made an ashtray. Yeah, remember that, yeah. I mean, what school now? I nowadays still have an ashtray. In 1989, it says Ferrari 89 underneath it, etched. I did it in ceramics class in South Joe High School. Your daughters will never, like, what? No. Nowadays, never make. No. They would be like, that's disgusting. And kids don't even really make cigarettes. Right. That would be the best thing ever. If you were like, oh my God, I'm a cigar aficionado. Like, I smoked $3,000 cigar. Yep. I still have it. I want to get my dad a ashtray. That's great. You got it from your parents and all? I bought it. I made it. In 1989. But you gave it to your mom. Yeah, but I still have it. I have two things. I mean, it was just like a black little, like, bowl type thing, which I still have, and a triangular dark gray ashtray yeah. that I made in ceramics class in like the seventh grade. But the best ashtrays, it seemed like it wasn't a real ashtray unless you could hit someone over the head with it and fucking kill them. Oh, this thing is heavy too. <laughs> right? I mean, this thing will leave them off what was it? it seemed like everything in the 70s was big, bulky, and it could kill you. Yeah. You know, you, if, you, yeah. if you had a fight in your living room and you hit yourself on the head on the side of the just TV, it, anything. it was lights out. Right. So yeah, ashtrays, I mean, everything was just big, bulky, and dangerous. Yeah. Which is, now it's small, plastic, uh, plastic and light, weak, and yeah. safe. And safe. So, <laughs> so kids, make it unsafe out there. Right. Controlled unsafe, but make it, right. make, make your life unsafe. Right. It's like the days of Challenge like metal yourself. Tonka trucks are gone. That's why we're tougher. Yeah. Every you can know. open your friend's head up with yeah. a Tonka friggin' dump truck. Now it's plastic. It'll break. You can break it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Right. right. So that's the thing, man. Make your life unsafe, but in a controlled way. Right. You know? Good Get shit. out there, jump out of planes, do whatever you got to do. It's something I still need to do. I still need to do that. Hey, you didn't get to do that in the Air Force? So no. You couldn't jump in the... I was, I was a grease monkey. I fixed them. I watched them fly away after I fixed them. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't a paratrooper infantry guy. No, but I didn't figure you could get in on, like, hey, there's some guys going um, skydiving nah. now. Right. I've had the opportunity. Well, but well, that's a good thing. Now you have something to check something off that list. Check off that list, exactly. Fucking Along a. with the Manson Caves and, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre fucking gas station. Yeah. Weird list. What about um, what about band stuff? Who uh, who do you want to you know? Who would be like the white whale as far as music? Who to talk to on yeah, here? Yeah, talk to or jump on do background vocals at a oh. on a. I know you did it with uh, Sick of It All. But on the last Sick of It All record, I'm on that. Unbelievable, but like on stage, like gang vocals on stage. Like mine is uh, like Maiden. Um, oh, okay. I, I forgot, I'm, I'm blanking on a name, but there's a song, there's like some big, um, I think it's Heaven Can Wait, is called. Okay. So, I'm, That's a tough question, man, putting me on the spot. Hell yeah. Um, shit, man. I mean, as far as sitting and talking with somebody on the podcast... 
there's so many people that I would love to. Not even necessarily like a hardcore band. Like there's just people I would yeah, love just, to talk to. Yeah, like, it doesn't have to, you know. Shit, like that's still tangible though. It's not like you know, like oh, Paul McCartney or something. You know? Who says I can't get Paul McCartney, Narco? I didn't, but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not a McCartney fan, maybe. I'm, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Are you really? I am. Okay. Yeah. So is it Paul or John? Who's your guy? Ringo. Oh, Ringo. Ringo. Come on. <laughs> Ringo's a sheriff job. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or the Dark Horse, George. Yeah. No, I would have to be probably more of a John guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how? I mean, who is more New York than you know British John? Right. Than I British mean, John. Fuck. I could do it without his wife. Yeah, but how punk rock was that, man? Oh fuck. I mean, fuck, man, what a shit show. Man, yeah. I mean, Crazy. any girl in the world, Yoko. Yeah. But really, I mean, what more? Yeah. Who's one of the original punks? I mean, yeah. Teddy Boys and all that. I mean, they were. That was the real deal. Avant-garde shit. I mean, but uh, talk about a man of the people, a real, a real New Yorker that was not from New York. I mean, right. think about it, you know? Sure. Oh, none of you like Yoko? Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to speak to Dave Lombardo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our. Uh, I want to. I, I would love to talk with Mike Muir. Okay. Singer for suicidal. I don't know much about Mike, but he doesn't seem like a big conversationalist. But he, but I heard that he's a super nice guy. Yes. I, I met him once briefly. Yeah. I met him once at Lemoore's back in like 1990, and he was super cool. So there's Lemoore and then there's Lemoore's. <laughs> so you're in the Lemoore's side. It's Lemoore's. <laughs> Oh, he, loves, he loves to bust my balls if I add an S to anything. It's the Lamours. Yeah. Red Lobsters. It's Red Lobsters. <laughs> Go to White Castles. There's right. many castles. <laughs> yeah, there's many castles. It's, even though there's only one Lamour, I yeah. just don't even like the way that sounds. Yeah, I know. No, what are you going to go this week? Oh, well, when I go down to CBGB's, a line might air, whatever. Well, you know what? Let's see who's playing Lamours. Yeah. Or there was CB's, and then there was... CB's. Yeah. Or CBGB's. Or it's no CBGB. It's just CBGB's. No one. I go to CB's. Yeah. What's this? Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's different camps. Yeah, yeah Lamours. L A M A W Z. Yeah. Lamours. <laughs> yeah, put, put a French word in a, in a Brooklyn neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to butcher that shit. Yeah. You know? It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah. Try to look, at, look it up out of Mike. Mike Muir. Um, Mike Muir, I would like to talk to Dave Lombardo. Lombardo, interestingly, um, our boss, her old boss, and my current boss uh, grew up with Dave Lombardo. Really? In California. And he used to go to his uh, go to you know, gigs and, and lug his, uh, like kind of like a roadie type thing. Yeah. So look at that little degree of separation. Nice. But yeah, he, he tells some stories about it. Uh, oh, yeah, shout, sure. out to, shout out to our boss, Niall. Shout out to uh, Niall. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, so. Who knows? We can you make that know. happen, you know? Yeah. He, um, yeah, it was, Stacey and I um, went to the, uh, we're up in Oakland, and we went to see uh, Pro-Mags and Misfits, and um, we were, as we were leaving, uh, backstage, and just passed by, and uh, Dave was uh, in his room, and there was a couple of people still lingering about, and he made eye contact with us, and I never met him before. Right. He doesn't know who the hell I am. Right. But he made eye contact, and, you know, like, good distance, you know, maybe like 15, 20 feet. Right. And uh, he just said, hey, guys, thanks for, you know, coming out. Really appreciate it. Like, 
Oh, he's looking at me. I look back. I'm like, oh, he's talking to us. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. Give him a thumbs up. And we're like, wow, that was really super genuine guy. I mean, it says a lot. Like, you know, in the middle of partying, you know, he's making eye contact with people having that connection. So that, that's that's something. So yeah. that would be really cool to have. That would be awesome. The caliber of uh, that type of caliber. Yeah, man. Um, just such an influential drummer, band, like just all that stuff, you know. He's a great speaker, too. I've heard him on, you ever uh, listen to Dean Del Rey's podcast? I sure, I know of it. I, I might have listened to one or two here and there, but I'm not subscribed to it or anything like that. Listen but if he was more. on there, I'll definitely go and listen. He goes deep and like, you know, like no one has the drummer on, no matter right. what band it is, like, but you want to hear from the drummer, because yeah. he's got that, just from that throne sitting at that bench, and uh, he's the perspective that everyone glosses over, so yeah. he has a unique spot, so that's yeah. Um, really, Mar- yeah, he has a lot cool. of those, the bassist, the drummer of whatever your favorite bands, yeah. and, and uh, he has some like, great stories. I'm sure he's So yeah, that. Dean Del Rey, everybody, for, you know, punk, yeah. metal, all over the he's spectrum. He's a comedian. Yeah, yeah but he was, he, was in, he was in bands before, but, yeah. so he, and and he goes, he's like us, he's, you know, his vulture culture, going through the line of notes, a guy knows everything, oh, yeah. who engineered this and what, and yeah. he goes deep, you know, like like you do with, you know, the, the whole, you know, what we love, you yeah. know, going, scratching beyond the surface. Yeah. So, so, so. Of it all reference, so scratch the surface. Yes, see? see the layers. All, so many layers. Yeah. Good shit. Absolutely, so. You want to order some food? Sure. All right. I was thinking, the. Uh, uh, this was walking through the city about getting a slice somewhere, but I'm like, I don't even know where to get a pizza anymore down here. I, I'd love to, uh, speaking of sick of it all, i got to go to this Amori pizza. The idea where Craig was uh, going Constantly, on about. I've never even eaten that. I've never <laughs> even had that. I haven't had it. The after school, the after school slice term is it's one of the perfect. best terms ever. It's perfect. It's the classic old school after school slice. Yeah. Shout out to Craig ahead. Yeah, what a- Craig rules. <laughs> Craig rules. That was a great few podcasts that you had. Oh, but that's chaotic, though. Yeah, I yeah, had so many people cry about that. Oh, so you can hold it here or anything. Dude. But I, I, I recorded a disclaimer before those episodes. Yes. Like, it was supposed to be this, but it turned into this. So if you like chaos and you want to hear what it's like to sit on the other side of a pizzeria while eight animals are there eating pizza and shooting the shit. Gabons. Gabon animals. <laughs> so then this is the one for you. And it was two in a row. Yeah. So one was supposed to be just me and Richie from Wisdom and Chains. It turned right. into me, Richie, Craig Ahead, Luke Broda. Armand from Sick of It All and like five other people in the middle of a huge pizzeria with chaos. Yeah. And then the same day I was supposed to do one just with Craig but it was basically the same crew minus three people at a different pizzeria the same yeah. night. Uh, chaos. What, what a new, unique band that is. I mean, from how deep they go and how relevant they are today and they still have that energy. Sick and like, of All? Yeah. And each guy in that band I mean, just top notch, super, super friendly and cordial, just yeah. real dudes that are still performing as hard as ever as they did back in the 80s and now I mean just there's not not too many bands that are still doing that and that you want to meet each guy and that's willing to speak and lay it out there and talk to you and no matter what they give it every time live they kill it they're energetic they 
they, they don't phone it in. Never. Never. I've seen them where the crowd was just on fire. And they're and then, still going nuts. Like, and, then, just, and then crowds, yeah, just recently where they were kind of like more of, it was like a metal crowd. Right. And people, you know, younger crowd, like in their 20s. And um, they weren't, you know, semi-lukewarm. But they, you would have never known. It was like they were playing at Wembley, just putting right. it all out there, just going bananas. Yeah, man. I mean. Well-oiled machines, super nice guys. Yeah. They deserve everything they have. Yeah. You know? I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, Howie Abrams' book about the Cola Brothers. I mean, can't wait for that. I keep on uh, hounding him. I'm like, Howie, when's that book coming out? Yeah. How about oh. Christmas? Yeah. So shout out to, uh, to Howie over there from Old Roadrunner. That's right. One of my buddies was an intern. I would, uh, he would jack all their albums and give them out to us and when we were kids and all that. You know? Yeah. Just hit the treasure trove of promos and just bring bring everything home, you know? Like, Howie's always go through fun. it. Yeah, Howie's always fun. He was on twice. I mean, he's always fun to talk to. Fucking... Does he still hold the record for the longest uh, episode? No, I think Ill Bill has that. Okay. Well, so, yeah, that's his brother, so, yeah, well, that's yeah. one of the same. Yeah. That Ill Bill episode was like two hours and 40-something minutes or something. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. Just sitting bullshit and bullshit and bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, man. I enjoy this shit. Yeah. You know? That's, so they, 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 they're the model of life. You know, don't be a dick. Keep on working hard. Yeah. Stay humble. Stay relevant. Yeah. And, and keep on pushing. Yeah. And that's... That, that's for me. That's that's the gold standard in life, and it's great to see bands like that um, still operating. Yeah, few and far between, Absolutely. or just people. Yeah, people, people in general. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, man. And it, and it doesn't hurt that they're from my neck of the woods in Queens. So. Right. Say there you go. Yes. It's fucking awesome. I mean, oh. no end in sight for those guys. I hope not. Or me either. I don't know who would uh, be able to pick up the slack and replace those cats. Nobody. Nobody's yeah. replacing any of these bands now. Nobody's going to replace Agnostic Front. No one's going to replace Madball. No one's going to replace Sick of It All. You know, there's no there's no replacement. When they're gone, because eventually they're going to be gone, I hope not for a long time still, yeah. but eventually they are. There's no replacement. It's just going to be someone needs to step up and stay relevant and try to emulate what they did and... Hopefully they take off and they consistent and they have a long run and they become iconic and they influence other bands. Yeah, Hopefully. I mean it, it's interesting to see like the Stones. You know, when the Stones first came back, like that you know Shea Stadium tours and I think it was like the Steel Wheels tour. Yeah, I don't know how old. I, you know, if you do the math, maybe they're like in the early forties. And I was like, oh, these guys are dinosaurs. Like, yeah, they're calling like rock was rock is still so young that oh, the Stones sure. at forty. So when you think of bands in their forties now, you're like, that's not old, right? You know, for us anyway. Not like, at all. So, um, but when uh, punk and hardcore is such a physicality to it, I'm wondering like. How far can these guys push it? Right. I mean, when you see, you know, sick of it all, and you know Harley and John out there, I mean, just giving it their all is such a hard genre to play. Like, oh, realistically, how, how does it do? How are they going to do it in that body? I mean, oh, yeah, there's surgeries all over the place. It's crazy. Like, even like, look at like Tom Araya. He, he, I mean, he plays the bass, and he, and just from head banging and yes. stuff like that, his neck and back, he had major yeah. surgery. Right, and that's not even like stage diving, running around. Like no, that is just standing. That's just standing, like, playing, and banging your head like crazy, and, and then you still need surgery. Car hitting another car. Right, it's, it's crazy. crazy. And the drummer, I mean, just yeah. Yeah, like a Lombardo, oh, like dude, how, how you know Charlie has you know Charlie Watson of Stones has it pretty easy for drummers, but right. how, how does a 
Lombardo. How far is he going to go? So Nuts. we're entering uncharted territory, which right. is going to be interesting to I see. Um, the very least. Yeah, we're living in unprecedented times right now yeah. uh, for aggressive music, yeah. and um, which is going to be something to see, I think. Yeah. And, and even for the fans, you know, like there's casual fans in our scene. Yeah. Um, you know, it's slowed down a bit. You know, guys are backing up to the wall and all that, and maybe oh, we'll sure. dip into the we'll dip into the pit every now and then. <laughs> you know, certain bands. Yeah. Certain to, bands, I uh, I'm in. Certain bands, I'll just I'm good this time. I'll just watch them. But there's certain bands, I lace up my sneakers a little tighter <laughs> so I don't lose a shoe. Put the wallet in the front pocket. Or, or either put the wallet in the front pocket or just give everything to Nikki. Yes. Money, debit card, phone, everything. Can you just put this all in your bag? I tighten up my shit. I'll see you in a little bit. Right. And I go do my thing. And I come back all winded and fucking hair fucked up. And Bless her, her for carrying a bag. And that's it. <laughs> you do one of those. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, now, and now it's a certain band, and it has to be a certain song. You know? Oh, yeah, without so a doubt. If, so if I hear old New York, yeah, I'm like, yeah. like down in San Diego, went to see them. I'm like, all right, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. jumping in for this. I got to yeah. get a little taste of what, what the so old days was, you know? So much fun. Yeah. So much fun. You got to get close to danger every feel that taste of it, you know? Yeah, you, yeah, you got to get, get your blood flowing, yeah. man. You got to get that shit off, you know? Start flying those elbows, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> Love it. Steal a microphone, flip it to the crowd. Like, last weekend, like, I, I, I did an episode with the guys from M.O.D., Billy Milano in there. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to that one. Oh, it's man. crazy. That's so It's great. They did a half M.O.D., half S.O.D. set. It was crazy. Yes. But, you know, they, they, they did the song Kill Yourself, and I got up on it, and I, I, I the good Taurus was there, I just kind of moved him out of the way and I used his microphone and I flipped next thing you know, I'm, I'm flipping and yes. using people's heads and shoulders as stepping stones there's something that I, I could not do that. Just hearing you sell, say the song, Kill Yourself, it makes me want to flip this table. Oh, it's so great. It brings me back. Yeah, and, it's and just it, something, it brought, me, it brought me back. I'm like, yeah. I gotta do this. I can't, but when's the next time I'm gonna hear this song live? Never. Never. Hopefully. Ho I mean, hopefully, hopefully again, but, but probably. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. When's the next time they're gonna come around? Can I make it? Who knows? I might have something else going on that's not. I might miss it. Don't know. Here's my opportunity. I get that feeling. I'm going. I'm stealing microphones and flying into the crowd. Yeah, Scotty, you know, Charlie, I mean, they gotta get back. I mean, it's crazy. Put, put that shit, you know, put aside, whatever it is, man. Yeah. Well, well, people, people who are listening to this already heard that episode, so it's already out there. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll yeah. say that one then. Yeah. Good. That's good to that, hear. That drops. We're on podcast on, but that drops this Sunday. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hype about that one. It's a, but, it's it's crazy. But, uh, it's eighty percent the Billy Milano show with three other guys. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. That's I mean, true. of course, Billy's larger <laughs> than life. God. But you know, that's how I kind of uh, backed into you know hardcore and all that. You know, from seeing you know S O D and then you know Scotty when you'd see him with you know uh, a sick of it all shirt or whatever, yeah. and you're like, oh shit, who are those guys? You know, yeah. what's that? You know, Pro Mags, and then hearing all those cats and then yeah, man. back in you know. I think you, you started a, as a metal guy originally and, Absolutely. and then backed into it, yeah. Yeah. Who would have missed Like, who, what's that skull on Cliff Burton's shirt? Yes. It's the Misfits. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Cool. You know, g Green Hell, like, like the Garage Days, Metallica thing. Green Hell, originally recorded by the Misfits. Blah, blah, blah. Last Caress. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Hands alone. Who was that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. So now let's, let's, let's go explore once yeah. again. And the, there was no such thing as the internet. Let's go to record stores, you know? Yeah. Start searching shit. Which was another treasure trove of trying to find bootlegs and imports and all that. 
uh, right. coming down here, you know, bleaker bobs, and uh, you know, saving up, saving up uh, from your paper route, and getting you know that danger of laying down money for a fifty-dollar import, and you get back and it just sounds like complete shit, right. or it was the wrong one. Like when I first bought uh, Lucifer Rising, Kenneth Anger's uh, soundtrack, it was the Bobby Beausoleil. Um, Lucifer Rising. Yeah, and that's I heard what it. We were like, just talking about. Almost two hours ago. Oh shit! Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I, I know Jimmy Page, you know, from you know, like the back of my head. I'm like, this isn't Jimmy's thing. I'm like, shit, I got beaten. You know, try going back and saying, hey, this, you know, this is the wrong one. And you're like, yeah, whatever, kid. You know, there's no refunds. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, it was, it was always that danger element, like, of getting beat. Yeah. You know, of or getting gold. You know, right. find, you know, find when I did find the actual like 20 minute cut of the soundtrack. Like I got it. You know, like yeah. having my friends come over. Like this is it. You know, sure. This is the one he's playing the bow, and you can hear the drones and all that. This is unbelievable, you know. Yeah. I'm reading it from like Hammer of the Gods, um, you know, the Stephen Davis book about Zeppelin. Right. I never and read it. Oh my God! It was like one of the first like I've heard of it, rock files that yeah. really kicked it off. Yeah, I just never read it. But yeah. I know I heard about it, of course. But. Yeah. So, yeah, all about that, you know, backtracking, stepping it back, and that's yeah. that's how I got into Les Paul and Robert Johnson and you know blues and jazz and all that. And so know your roots out there, whoever's listening. Go. Exactly. Smarten up. Like like learn to the, the shit that you're into. Learn where it came from. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I did. Like I found. One thing, like like when it came to hardcore, I found like you know, all right, here's like Agnostic Fronts, you know, uh, 1987, you know, uh, Liberty and Justice. All right, this is cool because very crossover, very metal. Now, then I go backwards. You know what I mean? Right. And I found Victim in Pain, and even before that, United Blood, and then around that whole genre, early 80s stuff. That's that's where I learned all that stuff, all the A7 bands and this and that. And then you, you learn where this all came from, and now you just, I don't know, if, if you're into this shit, you, know, yeah. you, you, you learn about it, you know yeah. what I mean? I think most people naturally inquisitive, you know, inquisitive. so that's that's what we wanted to put out when we started with Delta Bravo, it was like, we're going to all these places, but we wanted to share it, and we wanted to inform people, like, you don't need that much money um, to have fun. Like, when we were kids, we had no money, but we still had mad fun. Right. So with your smartphone and, uh, you know, Google yeah. and a little imagination and some free time, you could find in your, in your own neighborhood, or if you want to travel somewhere, you find all this amazing history that happens. Find those little treasures that leads you. Grown mangoonies. Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's where great. It, that's where it all uh, comes back to. Yeah. And you don't, you know, people. I just think I've read some crazy article that said something like, "To live, uh, to be happy in LA, you need to make two hundred and you know sixty thousand dollars a year." I was like, "What?" I was no, like, you don't. "No, no, no, you don't." You know, it, yeah, it, it makes things. It'll make things really, really easy and exciting for you. You could do a whole lot more than the average punter, but right. that's not happiness. You don't need that. No, you don't. Need and that. as you know, blue collar kids, you know, growing up in the boroughs, we had so much fun, and that's what, that's what Delta Bravo is. You don't need nothing. You got your. Everyone's got a smartphone now, and you could reach back into history and educate people. Like this is where this went down in your own neighborhood. That's right. some of the best things is tell people about their own neighborhood what went down. Like I pass this by every day. I had no fucking idea. No idea. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. And it gives you a reason to get outside. Go out. Go do things. Explore. Go. You know, like there's places where I've been. Like there's no reason for me to ever go to like Knickerbocker Avenue and Bushwick. <laughs> there's no reason. There's nothing for me there. I don't know right. anybody over there. I don't work over there. I'm like, all right, but I want to. I need to get my ass up on that roof and look down and get that shot. Yes. 
I needed to do that. Yes. People are looking at me like I'm crazy. I go into the little dry clean. I ask the Asian guy. I'm like, how can I get to the roof? Yeah. He's like, uh, you can't? Right. I'm like, I'm not taking that front end. I'm not taking no front end. I said, no way. Right. I came all the way. I drove here. traffic. No. Yeah. Double parked at a pump. Of course. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I need to get up there. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. And the coolest thing is that's what like, the photo was taking from... Had to be like a ladder or something. I mean, or maybe was it on the roof? I was on the roof. No, like where was the original photo? Because it was possibly on the roof or a ladder. I don't right? know. Because think about that. Usually, it's always a shot from the ground, but that's from a top-down perspective, yeah, which makes it even cooler. Yeah. How you grab that? Yeah. And um, I just looked over the edge of the building. I put my arms out. I took a bunch of pictures. I made. I was looking, and you know, took a, obviously you have to take a few to get right angles and whatever. Right. And, I was like, yo, there, and there it is, and it lined up perfect. I'm like, I don't think anyone's ever seen what that whole backyard looks like. No. It's just that one little closed-in shop. I, you know, and it, it's great, just out-of-box thinking like that. I never, I never thought, yeah, yeah just yeah. going to the other place. I mean, yeah, it's so easy to, you know, now thinking about, like, yeah, just go next door. Right. You know, and... Um, yeah, well, there's apartments. People live above, like, yeah. the stores, so I saw that there was doors, so I just waited. I was like, I was being like a creep. Right. I waited for somebody to like walk out. Come down, yeah. And I just kind of like the door was closing slowly. They had walked away a little bit. Right, right. And I just dipped in. A little trade craft, yeah. And I and I walked. I just. I mean, it wasn't like in anyone's apartment. It was right. in the hallway. Off the roof, yeah. I went up like three like three flights of stairs, and there's the metal ladder with the hatch. Right. You know, I just climbed up there. I threw it's the like hatch a submarine open. hatch. You know? Right. Those old that's it. Tops, yeah. Yep. And I just popped it open. And I remember, okay, I have to walk one roof over because I was next door. And I just took those pictures and climbed back down. You hear like kids in cartoons and apartments and shit. I closed the hatch and out. Unbelievable. I had to, but I needed to get up there. I was like, I could have maybe, well, I I knew that there was no access to the actual yard. Right. But I I didn't know that before I went there. So I was like, I need to get the bird. I want the bird's eye view. I don't want the regular one. No, it would have. Because there's the ground view and then there's the bird's eye. And the original photographer, if he had from the ground view, it would have been as great of an iconic as a picture. Right. I mean, just that little, um, little the thing for in case yard. people don't know. I don't know. We're talking inside baseball, but yeah, right. Google Carmine Galante. Right. Um, assassination or just hit or whatever. Yeah, just Carmine and Galante. It, yeah, murder. And it's always the lore of was the cigar actually in his mouth? Yeah. Did the detectives? It was a detective that investigated a very famous guy in the scene called uh, Joe Coffin, and uh, you know he would lay claim. I put the cigar in his mouth, but there's so much out there. You know, no one knows the definitive answer. Right. The picture is just, you know, that cigar in his mouth. It's an iconic friggin' mob picture, that's for sure. And to think about, like, the hit, uh, instead of going into the thing, they, they could have went up to the roof and, and hit him from the roof. He wouldn't sure. know what hit him. And he was there with bodyguards and everything. The zips, the the zips got him. The zips. the zips, they called him. Yep, yeah. and, they, and they didn't do nothing. But think about it, not, not that I'm promoting assassination, but no. <laughs> <laughs> go up to the roof and you could hit someone and no one even know. You go that's out, right. down the block, yep. crazy. So, you know, think about that in life, whatever a problem instead of going through that front door of a problem yeah go up to the roof of a problem there you go and hit it from alternative views see that we learned from uh jimmy here from <laughs> brooklyn blast <laughs> about taking pictures of dead mobsters yeah and, and navy right. seals have a, they say uh, don't go through the wall go around the wall that's right so that's that's what you know 
know, when you everyone has conflict of going head on with someone, just just go around them. Right. You know, soften them up from from the side. That's it. Flank them. Absolutely. Stacy knows about flanking them. Yeah. That's it. You know. Okay. That's your air force coming out of you. That's it. Flank your problems. I think I learned about that from Braveheart, the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh so. uh, yeah. I nice. love it. So come up. So I think, uh, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to steal uh, Ill Bill's record of longest podcast, but I think right. we're uh, getting we, pretty I damn. Think, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we're at two hours and almost five minutes. Go figure. See, you can have conversation. I wish everybody was this easy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's cool. Good stuff. Yeah, I think we put out some good life lessons. So we did life lessons. A little Delta yeah. Bravo. Check out. I definitely want to. There's a few things I need to to put out there. Um, first of all, you, everyone needs to go and check out on on Facebook. It's just check out the Outsiders House Museum. Right. Um, Danny Boy from everybody who doesn't know Danny Boy from House of Pain bought the Outsiders House and created a museum out of it. It's doing really good things out in Tulsa. So on Facebook, it's the Outsiders House Museum. On Instagram, it's I think it's the same thing, the Outsiders House or the Outsiders House Museum. Yeah, yeah. Use the Outsiders House. Same thing on Twitter, I believe. Yep. Um, also, there's groups on Facebook. There's the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team. There's yep. the one that I created, which is the New York City ones. And then there's someone who did an Albuquerque one, someone yeah. did the Fog City, San Francisco one. Got the Boston boys. There's the Boston down. ones. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Just, just in, on Facebook, just type in Delta Bravo Urban Exploration, and you'll come up with a whole bunch of shit. Um, Nako, do you want people to follow you or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just got Google Nako Nolan, and you'll find me on social media, you know, if you want to join in on the conversation after this and uh, chop it up there you and go. Then, um, if you want to listen to uh, myself and the boys yes uh, from uh, the arm bar podcast okay. same thing check it out on on um, on Twitter Facebook Instagram is the most traction yeah they uh, like pumping it out stuff so yeah. on our podcast same thing we like to have fun and talk about life issues throwing a little music and you know um, struggles about you know depression suicide you know uh, getting through problems and the military, law enforcement, and, uh, you know, just all the usual stuff that everyday life that everyone goes through. And, yeah. you know, it's all about uh, helping the guy next to you get through the, get through the next day, you yeah. know, and just uh, concentrate on the common interests and ignore the things that you don't have any interest or um, explore what makes you uncomfortable and find out how that person had that opposing view, how they came about it. You, you don't have to agree with it, but... Be curious about it and delve into it. And right. Look, look at, look at it. You know, you watch Fox, watch CNN, watch CNN, watch Fox. You know, just right. build those, build those bridges. Don't uh, blow up the bridge. There you that's, go. That's and, and everyone will be happy. And the bottom line, you know, like forget the Ten Commandments. Comes down to one: don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. And it'll it's kind of like my world. motto: just try not to be a dick. Yes. I try really hard. Sometimes you have to be a dick. Sometimes, but it's only under extreme circumstances. I think. But it's, I, I don't provoke it. If I'm provoked, sometimes you got to be a dick. Yeah. Right. So thank you for having me on. No, dude, podcast. thank you so much for your time. Like, you didn't have to do this. It was fucking awesome. You hit me up. Yo, like, we got a hookup while you were here on Thanksgiving weekend. And we finally made it happen. And 
this was awesome. And it was a pleasure meeting you as well, Stacy. but we're going to eat. But what I do want to say is I have to put this out there now recently because I have two sponsors for the podcast. Um, check out, go to, uh, first. the first sponsor that came on board was Generation Records, which is at 210 Thompson Street, um, which is down in the village here in New York City. Check them out at, um, on Instagram at Generation Records. Also, the same thing on Facebook. Just type in Generation Records, you'll find it. They have um, a mail order. You can get shit online from them. But if you go to the store, they have, they have any kind of vinyl you want from any kind of hardcore band to R&B to world, whatever quote-unquote world music to all that stuff to t-shirts to hoodies all kinds of band merch they have in-store signings they have sometimes they have in-store performances this and the other they, they, like the last of a dying breed they've been around since I think like 92 or 93 they're one of the last ones that are left in New York City and probably the best one they can get imports they have anything that you need so if you're in the area go check out Generation Records they support me so I have to support them. I just actually came and back. And if I go down there and say, yo, Jimmy Ferrari sent me, am I getting 10% off? Or uh, no I tax? I don't know, maybe. All right. Maybe. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, it's either that or I'm vicking this shit. Right, you know? I'm vicking it. <laughs> just got to look at where the camera angles are and you just, oh, you know, right. just make sure you pull off the little alarm. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. If you're a millennial, you should go down there and flip through the shit for GP. You okay, should. You, you, no, without a doubt. You get music in a way that we never got music when we were a kid. If you don't know what it's about to flip through music and see what they have, yeah. you didn't, you weren't able to get music. It's true. So well, you should do it just because. Yeah. You should do it. There's old shit, too. Millennials, I mean, we, people like our generation like to shit on them, but they're the ones actually keeping that alive. They're bringing back vinyl. I'm not, not us. I'm no, not, they I'm, are. I'm not mad at the hips just bringing back vinyl. No, I'm I mean, not, I think that's great. have not been down there. So the ones that are into podcasts and have not been down there, yep. go and explore and, and just... And buy a record. And flip in there and, and yeah, don't bitch about it. Be about it. Like these yeah. things are going away for a reason. So you know, we like that nostalgia factor. Sure. But like, well, when was the last time you actually went to a store and bought something? And then you're like, oh yeah, it's been a couple of years. Like, yeah, you're yeah. part of the problem. Right. So be part of the solution. Exactly. And also, second sponsor is um, at this point, will I have the shirts in hand? I don't know. Possibly. But my second sponsor is, and it's no bullshit. Um, for over 10 years, I've been using these guys. It's New Republic Printing. It's also, it's that, it's the same thing on Instagram. Just look up New Republic Printing on Facebook. Their ad, their web address is newrepublicprinting.net. They, um, there's no screen setup fees. There's free UPS ground shipping to any kind of a commercial job address. So you can get like 10,000 shirts made and have 50 right. boxes delivered, and it's free. Wow. It just shows up at your door, UPS ground. It's fantastic. There's no there's no, there's no, no uh, screen fees. They do embroidery. They do stickers. They do buttons, all that stuff. NewRepublicPrinting.net. Steve McCarthy is a great dude. I've been using them on and off. Nikki did a whole run of shirts. Use them. I'm not just saying because they're my sponsor, but I've recommended them way before they were my sponsor to right. everybody and anybody because I haven't found a better deal and more reliable people. So they hopped on board and we're working together as well. So give out Steve and, and New Republic Printing a shout out and check them out for anything, whether it's your local sports team, your, 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 your son or daughter's little birthday party, you want to get cute shirts made up, or your band. It's like whatever. They do everything and they'll help you out with everything. So newrepublicprinting.net. Support your local mom and pops. It's all mom and pop stuff, yes. I gotta support, you know. Yeah. 
family-owned businesses that are yes. staying afloat and doing something a little different where Amazon and these places aren't putting them out of business because they're doing good shit. Right. Yep. I love so it. So with that, Nako, once again, a pleasure, my man. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, brother. And we're over here now. There it is. <laughs>